to what's just so fucked up. And if we gave people an option, another way, more jobs, more education, so that they could support their families, mm-hmm. then maybe we wouldn't have everybody in the prisons. But guess what? They want us in the prisons because that's how they're going to make money. Oh, yeah. And they keep them full, full. And we've built more prisons in, in one year than we have built schools in the last 10, 20 years. Trust me, you you and I say weird shit when all we're together time. all the time. Guaranteed, it's never normal. Like if someone heard our conversations, they'd we'd, we'd get a sanction and be put in jail if they heard Guaranteed. our conversations. Guaranteed. So why we're recording this, I don't know. But you know, hey, fuck it. Record because other people are fucking weird too, and they want to relate to people. And I also, I don't know if you know this, but our um, identities are completely anonymous and kept in secrecy for this. I didn't know that. For legality purposes. I'm sure I, I need to go post-production all the time and check and see if names were dropped on accident and then just bleep them out. As long as there's not a last name, you're good. Like, for example, I can say I'm John. You know, and then they, <laughs> you try to look someone up and be like, I never find you. John who? Yeah, there's a lot of Johns out there. Yeah, tons of Johns. Well, I'm uh, Bo Ball Baggins. Yeah. You gave me that name. I did. I did. One ball to rule them all. <laughs> One ball to rule them all. You gave me that. And this is... Uh, that was a fucking good time, a good memory, dude, when that all started. That name is just perfect. I don't so know. So long ago. I like, thinking that. about it now. Well, yeah, dude, I've been gone for like six months. Yeah, you've been through some shit. Yeah, I've been through some crazy shit, dude. I'm surprised you're even here today so am I, with me. Because I was like, when I was... You were just fucking... Yeah, dude. Run, run, ripping and running, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, dude, when I was in Van Nuys, it was crazy. But, uh... Just gonna pre-warn the audience. I started sometimes because I have seizures. Due to drugs, so don't do drugs. Just pre-warning. <laughs> don't do drugs, kids. So, uh... I was invited here by Bo Balls to tell my story. And Bo Ball. Bo Ball. Yeah. So, yeah, we can, we can get into your story of, uh... What's been happening happening to you in the last, I don't know, two years? Two years. Because you've been in drug court for a while. I was, in drug court. I was in drug court for over a year. I remember when I first met you in drug court. Yeah. Yeah, I was probably, you probably like, okay, this guy's a little normal. You know, he's, <laughs> he, seem, he seems sane. Yeah. You know? I did. It, and then the more we hung out, I quickly realized that... This guy's fucking nuts, dude. <laughs> yeah, but I, I can be nuts, too. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah, just nuts in different ways. Yeah, we're like different kinds of nuts. 
Yeah. I'm like a walnut. You got to get through my <laughs> shell to really find the nutness, you know? The nuttiness? Yeah, because if you just meet me, you're like, okay, this guy's pretty cool, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. But once you break through that shell, you're like, fuck. <laughs> this dude. No, you're cool. It's just you have moments of insanity like all of us. Oh, yeah. You yeah. should step inside my brain. You'd be like... Oh, I would be afraid insanity. to step inside your brain. I'm afraid of stepping inside my own brain half Yeah, the dude. Time. That's why we get high. That's probably why we get high? I, I believe so. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons If I were to step inside your brain, I'd probably lose my brain. I'd go insane. Because I know how you are. <laughs> how I, All right, how <coughs> I <am> I? <coughs> um... I don't know if you want me to say it. You're kind of like, how would I put it? You're very OCD. Like you have very... A little bit. Not very. You but... want things... Not very, no. But you have like a simplistic form of OCD where you want things like like the way you want them. I like to be in control. Very much so. Yeah. Where to me, it's like, like I'm comfortable in out of controlness and like chaos. I'm... Well, yeah, I mean, I was caught in chaos too, For but sure. I was very organized. That's what I'm saying. I know you chaos. were, dude. Kept my room very clean. Yeah. To the T. Yeah. I think that's why I did. You had to get the perfect stuff. You had to make sure. I'm a like... perfectionist yeah. about shit. And yeah, I if I buy something, I want the best model. Exactly. Have you seen my new MacBook Pro? I have not. $2,800 right there for you, my DJ set. You hear this, fellas? MacBook still, Pro I'm... for DJ. Whatever, it's Serato. I still have headphones. I'm learning. That's okay. But I'm still paying. You're moving that, forward, man. This guy. Paying that thing off. That's come a long way from where he used to be. How bad do you think I was when you first horrible. met me? I wasn't horrible. that horrible. I was clean. Okay, well, he had a girlfriend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was fucking nuts. I thought I was nuts. This chick was fucking insane. Okay, she, did I tell you she's in jail? Yeah. In Ohio? She's still in jail, yeah. yeah. She's going to be there for a while. Yeah, like six more months. Yeah, that's, that's a while, dude. I remember... That's six months of your life. Okay, I remember you were driving around with me in my car, mm-hmm. and Lindsay was calling me, oh, and we drove to Morro Bay to see her, and uh, I was getting gas, and she was like outside of her the apartment or house, uh, the room she was renting a house from, and she was outside there crying, yeah, freaking out, and then... And that was like my first like time like meeting... No, it wasn't... It was my first time talking to her really yeah no i'd seen her in your car and been like hey you know yeah but you've never like yeah yeah and she so we went to get gas or something she was in my car and i think i was buying her cigarettes yeah she's like i need cigarettes god damn this is insane and i remember you were just like you were like trying to make talk sense into her while she was like crying in the back of my car i was like shit gets better dude like fucking calm down you know oh dude yeah she was uh she you were like you know bowman cares about you and blah 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 and he just wants to see you do good and she was like i know i don't know i keep fucking up uh yeah i was like you know you can keep fucking up but the thing is like you always have that choice you know what i mean true it's just sometimes we're impulsive to make the wrong decision i think it's sometimes you're just not ready whether you want to be ready for another person, you have to be ready for yourself. You know what I mean? And I think when it comes to recovery, or at least um, bettering yourself, once you, it, at first it's hard because you have no momentum build up. And your fucking chemical imbalancement is like... Yeah, your brain is, your brain fucked, is ba- yeah, re- it's going up and down re- all the time. Yeah, your brain is re-leveling like, out serotonin and mm-hmm. dopamine, and it's like... You know, it was so used to like... Getting... Real quick, remember fellas, it takes up to about a year to fix your serotonin levels from meth so 
True. Stick it through. About a year for it to come close to what it was before. Yeah. But, you know, even after 30 days, it bounces back pretty good. But you still have a long the, way to go to, to rebalance your dopamine levels. That's the painful part, though, is it bounces back, but then it'll drop again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you'll have it, like, you'll feel really good one day. You're like, this fucking badass, you know? And then, boom, it'll drop. Well, that's what they call um, riding the pink cloud. Yeah. Uh, and then hitting the wall. Yeah, and then you hit the wall. I think the first three to six months... You're riding a pink cloud where you're like, oh, I should have gotten clean a long time ago, and you're, you're it's balanced, like, cause, for me, what? it was it was always the first three months, and then I hit the wall for three months. Yeah, basically, you know, you you uh, you cut off the substances that were supplying you with dopamine, and your brain is like, holy shit, now I don't have any more dopamine, and your brain kind of goes into overdrive to rebalance out mm-hmm. dopamine, almost like more like crazy amount, and then once you know, you get those kind of levels again and you're right in the pink cloud, your brain's like, all right, I can mellow out. I'm, I'm kind of like doing my yep. thing, resupplying dopamine. And then that's when it, the levels drop and that's when you hit the wall, so to speak. And yeah. you kind of um, feel shitty for a while. And then it's kind of like a roller coaster ride up and down. A little bipolar, I guess, when you're in recovery. But as long as you can ride those out and not relapse... After that first year, you got much better chances of being in recovery. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah. So, okay, you, you, we were trying to think of good stories you had. My good stories, honestly, you said two years, but they start like in the beginning. Okay, well, you want to take it back to the beginning? Okay. So, my little story is I grew, was, I was born in Tarzana and I grew up in That's Van- South County. Yeah, South County. I grew up in Van Nuys until I was three, so I can't really say I'm from there. But uh, my first memory as a child is driving away from my grandma's house with my dad and my sister in Buick. And a Mexican gangbanger throwing a brick at the window as we're driving off. The rear windshield of the car. Correct. So... I had suppressed that memory for so long, and it came back to me when I was a little older. Um, but that's my first memory. Why? Do you know? Did you ever find out why he was throwing a brick? I'll get to that. Okay. Trust me. Um, so that's not a normal fucking memory to have as a kid growing up. You know, that's kind of like, what the fuck? No wonder why I suppressed it. It's scary. You know, as a yeah, kid, you, well, you're defenseless. When, as kids, we tend to block out traumatic experiences at the time. Which for, is good. For our survival. Yeah. And then later in life, they come back to us and then we... Deal with it. Process it. We're kind of, yeah, we, we process it and we're kind of like, oh, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. Yeah, so then from there, my dad, I guess, left with no plans and something told him to go to San Luis Obispo. Why San Luis Obispo? Because he had lived there before with my mom when she was pregnant with me. Okay. And they ended up losing the place. Um, I can't remember exactly why, but I've actually been to the exact same house that my mom was pregnant with me. Mm-hmm. And it's like right by the Alano Club, actually. The Alano Club. Yeah, it's right on Broad Street. You know, as you go down, those yeah. apartments right there. Okay. Lived right there. But um, so we come back here. No fucking plan. We had a house to stay. Obviously, something went really fucking wrong if you want to be homeless with two kids. You yeah. know what I mean? So we ended up living in a homeless shelter for like three months. But when my life really started and got real for me, is preschool. And what, like what I understand is my mom was a prostitute and addicted to drugs. Really bad. Like probably one of the worst people I've ever met. And uh, 
she used to take me and my sister on jobs when she would go. And my dad ended up finding out about this. So, you know, that was probably about right before I was turning three. Probably was three at the time Fuck. when he found out. And she had been doing this for who knows how long, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not only she putting us in dangerous situations, we're seeing this as kids, whether it's in my subconscious or not. You know what I mean? This is something you learn as a kid. You're a sponge. So going into preschool, I was immediately, immediately fascinated with women's bodies and private parts, you know? like Third grade? No, preschool. Oh, jeez. I was getting, uh, I I was going behind the wall, playing with the pussies, and kissing them. (laughs) And looking back at it, I'm like, how does a preschooler know? You know what I mean? I knew exactly what it was. You had a sex drive in preschool? And I think I was more curious, like, because I knew... It's not I like probably you, were, you weren't popping boners. <laughs> You're trying to. <laughs> I, to be honest, like, I, that's one thing. I can't remember if I popped a boner. To be dead honest, I don't remember. Um, wow, that is bizarre. Yeah, dude. I just even think about that. Like, for example, that was the last thing on my mind when I was in preschool. Yeah, that might. <laughs> it was all about Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles. That's story. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that ain't normal. You know what I mean? So, there's a black girl, Olivia, a white girl. Nikki, and uh, I don't know, teachers must have not been doing their fucking job, because in the middle of class, I had Nikki take off, you know, take off her uh, underwear, because she was wearing a dress, and I took took down my pants, and had her sit on my lap, in the middle of class, fucking having the time of my life, I'm like, this is fucking awesome, you know, and then, in the class, where's the teacher? It's a fucking, I don't know, I'm not even like, it's, it gets worse. Oh, my God. But I... You know, <laughs> this is like a pre-warning to everyone who has kids out there, if anyone does hear this, to be aware that your kids absorb absorb more than you know. Because yeah. for me to know to do that... Well, your I, mom was a prostitute, so yeah. you were like kind of imitating what you were seeing. Because obviously I was life. there watching it, Yeah, you know, and I just didn't know what was going on. So yeah, what you're saying is when you raise your children, you would want to kind of shield them and protect them from certain things... As in much life as, until they get older and exactly. can, are, are more able to process it when their brain is more developed. Exactly. As they're older, like, slowly slowly uh, put them in, in the reality of the world. You know, because shit is real out there. This is why yeah. I, I think the D.A.R.E. program is such bullshit. Because in sixth grade, I didn't even know what drugs are. Mm-hmm. And, and then D.A.R.E. And then D.A.R.E. comes in and tells me and introduces... Basically, D.A.R.E. is the one that introduced me to what drugs were. Passing around the weed bag? Did they do that with you? Do what? Pass around the weed bag, the like Mexican dirt weed? I don't remember. They might have. They did that at my school. They might have. That's like... Remember like that's, straight dirt weed, dude. Remember the South Park episode where they did that? And they're like, so where's the weed? And no one gives <laughs> it up. No, I didn't so see that. I didn't see that. They, they had a... Uh, Mr. Mackey come in and he's like, you know, drugs are bad, okay? And then they pass around a sample of weed so they know what it looks like and smells like. And, and disappears. Like, yeah, and they're like, so where, where's the weed at, kids? And no <laughs> one gives it up. And they're like, well, we need to get this weed back right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm saying it's like, okay, so kids are definitely, there are many things, but they're also mainly two things. They're insanely curious about everything and they're incredibly defiant and rebellious against authority figures. So what's depending like, on the person? Yeah, you know well, what I mean? we I, were, we were. I was definitely like we definitely were rolled with for the, sure with the counterculture crowd, but it, it, even in grade school. But we we weren't like doing drugs then. We, yeah, I, if, if Dare hadn't come into sixth grade, I wouldn't still. I would have taken me. You would have been curious lot, about it. I wouldn't have known that they existed. 
I wouldn't even know what drugs were. That's if it wasn't crazy, for man. It would have taken me a lot later in life because my parents totally shielded me around drugs. Like mm-hmm. they didn't. My parents did, you know, were reformed hippies, so they had their party time, but they didn't tell me about that when I was younger. Of course. But yeah, so I mean, what is a what's the like ultimate like uh, authority figure out there is a police officer telling you what to do. For sure. And but he's I, showing you what drugs are. So kids are going to not only be drawn and be curious about these drugs, but they're also going to, when a, when a cop out of all people is telling you not to do them, you're going to be more inclined to want to look into that and be curious about it and do them because you don't, I mean. Yeah. Whether it's like, whether it's like, a, you know, the police officer doing his thing, um, some kids are going to want to do it. Some kids are going to be scared of it, but it's like. Taking that risk isn't worth it. You know what I mean? I know, but then after that dare program, and you see your friends experimenting with drugs, and they talk yeah, about and how having fun, fun it is, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I mean, then it's a kind of a matter of time. I was kind of a late bloomer with a lot of things, with sex, and um, I was super shy. I'm jealous of that. What? That I didn't have that much sex in high school. That's good. Yeah, you know, Dude, my... in hindsight, I'm glad because you know I saw a lot of people like you know knock up their high school girlfriend, and then they never really had a life outside of high school. It was just yeah. right into fatherhood or yeah, you know depression. Parenthood. Yeah, Regrets. and they may not have been with the right person or whatever. So, and then um, I think I was a sophomore when I first tried weed. First time I smoked weed, I did not feel it. I don't know if I was inhaling I don't think you inhaled right. It. I might not because the first time I smoked it. weed, oh my god, bro. Like, I don't know if anyone else experienced... I'll get to that, but... You know, uh... Fucking, uh... So, back to what I was talking about. Yeah, let's about. get back to your story. So, I ended up doing that. And I'm getting away with it. You know, teacher walks by... Teacher walks by because she just thinks she's sitting on my lap. Cause she has a dress, you know what I mean? So, you can't see that my pants are down. Wow, this story's... Oh, dude. Dude. So, then... Yeah. The epitome of hell awakens. Fucking pity me of hell. My dad and her mom walk in to pick us up because they were friends. And I literally almost shit my pants. Wait, repeat that. What happened? Her mom and my dad walk in. The classroom. To pick us up. While this girl and was she's like still on my lap. On your lap naked. With like, you know, her pussy against my dick and like, I'm sitting. Wait, your pants are down too? Yeah, both of ours are. I had to take her underwear off. Jesus Christ. So, then they go, okay, okay, guys, it's time to go. And we freeze, dude. Like, don't even move. Don't even say anything. We're just staring at him. Because you kind of know in oh, no, that this is, this is bad. We're caught. There's no way I'm pulling up my pants without them noticing. You know what I mean? Fuck. So, they go, come on. You know, we need to go. And then she, she's like, what do you... And she looks. And she goes, oh, my God. And, like, picks up her daughter. And I'm stuck there on the floor. Oh, her parents my, are there, too. Fuck, her mom is, dude. And what about your parents? My dad is... And my dad sees me with my pants down. She sees me with my pants down. Oh my god, dude! That was the first experience of like being shamed by sex. I get home and I get my ass beat, you know. Uh, Dad spanks the shit out of me with the belt. Um, Wow. But yeah, that was like my introduction to like, you know, uh, like my sex drive. I guess I would say my curiosity, you know. And it got worse from there. But as time goes on. I was so ashamed from it that I didn't do anything anymore. You know, I kind of just forgot about it. I was still curious. Don't get me wrong, but I ended up getting into kindergarten, and immediately, like that, I just don't. I feel like I don't belong. You know, like uh, I lived in government housing in San Luis Obispo, and you know San Luis Obispo. It's very like preppy, rich. 
No, everyone has money. Yeah. And I'm coming from a dad that's raising me from Van Nuys, you know, L.A. So I'm very, very like rough around the edges because my dad was a very angry guy growing up. So, yeah, like and then my first memory of my dad helping me through school, like with problems like that, because I was getting bullied for a minute, you know. I go home and I know I'm driving to school and my I tell my dad I don't want to go to school. And he's like, why? And I'm like, I'm getting picked on, you know, I get picked on like no one wants to play with me. And he just looks at me and he goes, okay, okay, you got two choices. One, you can deal with it and just have it happen. Yeah. Or two, you can stand, it, stand up for yourself and do something about it. So I go, okay. So I go to school. And there was this one group of kids I always wanted to fuck. I always wanted to play with. Yeah. They were cool. You know, they'd always play like cool games. So I go up and I'm like, I'm playing with you guys. I just tell them I'm playing with you guys. <laughs> and they're like, uh, no, you're not. And boom, fucking, that was my first introduction to fighting. And I got in a fight with the kid. I got my ass beat, for sure. Got my ass beat. But I still stood up for myself, you know? I felt good. But the kid that ended up beating me up became my best friend. And then, you know, that's just a little story of how my dad raised me. Raised me, Kind of like, do it on your own. Like, learn it. You know? Because I'm too busy. I have work to do. I don't have time to, like, sit here and teach you all these things that you, you, need, you need to know going through life. So I learned on my own a lot. And, um, is it still going? Yeah. Um, so then to come to the, back to the sex thing, um, <laughs> back to first grade, my dad ended up dating this, uh, this lady and, um, she had a son and I, w- I always want to play video games with him, but he wouldn't let me play. Come to find out like later he would use the video games to molest me and give me wait 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 who repeat that it was uh my dad's girlfriend's son would use video games to trick me into going to his room and molest me jesus so there's another introduction to sex and still not knowing what it is and still being shamed and feeling like i couldn't tell my dad because last time that something happened i got my ass beat you know i'm so young i don't understand that he would be accepting it. So I dealt with this for a year and a half. Year and a half I was molested by this guy. And he would do th- things like have me have sex with his sister in front of him. So that's how I was introduced to intercourse. Was having sex with his sister in front of him. While, you know, he does his thing. And, you know, that's like... That damages someone permanently, even now. Like, yeah. sex to me, like, isn't isn't about my pleasure anymore. Like, sex to me is about the girl's pleasure because I'm so numb to it. Because I was introduced to sex at such a young age and in such a grimy way that, like, I look for, like, you know, to be honest, the nastiest sex. The, like, you know, I get nasty with it. I love <laughs> BDSM. I love, like, femdom. I love all that kind of shit. Because natural sex to me isn't like it's still appealing don't get me wrong i love it i love making love i love stuff like that but deep down i have that like that numbness you know because growing up and all the all this sex introduced to me this way yeah it should never happen to a kid you know i'm not gonna victimize myself i grew past it you know but like it did permanent damage you know and uh, i could i can only imagine yeah so like fuck no one knew, 
And uh, I grew up for a while, like, resenting myself, not because of what happened to me. Yeah. Resenting myself, thinking that it happened to my sister. Yeah. And wondering if it happened to my sister. If it did, I didn't say anything. You know, hating myself for it. Hating myself for it. Grew, grew up like that. But after that, you know, you know, that's going on at home. So I'm going to school. And boom, it's right back into that mode again. I'm going into the the girls, the girls' bathroom. You know, I'm touching the pussies. I'm fucking doing all this shit. I shouldn't be doing it at this age. You know, first grade, dude. You know, I do this. <laughs> he ends up breaking up with her. I don't see him anymore. Yeah. And uh, I end up doing this all the way up to third grade. I get caught again in the bathroom. Boom, get my ass beat by my dad. You know? Um, through that time, I'm struggling on how to deal with this. Like, my brain, my brain is trying to suppress it, but it's such a strong feeling and almost like how would I put it? Like hate towards myself because self-hatred because it did feel good. You know, you know what I mean? Like you, you're getting your dick touched and shit. Like <laughs> honestly, like, you know, like, so you resent yourself for it. You know, it's wrong. You know, you don't like it, but it felt good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, there's, there's no way of not. I, I didn't, I, um, I spent years of sexual frustration in high school, so I can't, uh, entirely relate because i was so shy with girls all, all through high school i had girlfriends but i was mm-hmm. still shy to do anything yeah like your first kiss didn't come for like a week i don't even know dude. <laughs> i don't know i was so fucking shy dude it was bad like and i was just like i was getting boners like when i didn't want to get boners <laughs> yeah, like, dysfunction. yeah not dysfunction it was like i was it wasn't like I had trouble getting hard. No. I, I just got hard in the weirdest times. Yeah, like erectile dysfunction can mean that you get hard randomly, too. I wouldn't say that's erectile dysfunction. I just say that's a teenager going through hormones, oh, like yeah. rushing through your body, and you're trying to make sense of it. And yeah. you're like, God damn it. I did have the little tuck your dick under your belt trick. Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's a solid one. Yeah, I still use that one. Yeah. <laughs> I still use that one. It works like a charm because yeah. it's like... Oh, you want to go up? All right, I'm taking yeah. you up all the way. And then your dick's like, oh, I don't know where to go from here. And yeah. then it finally just decreases blood flow. But yeah. I You're was, like, I don't want her to know I'm excited yet. I would, well, no, dude. I would be like, I would be, you know, between classes. You're like, the rubbing the boner on her leg kind of guy, huh? <laughs> called it. Well, no, I'd be holding my girlfriend and her butt would be up against me. And I'd have, I'd be have this giant boner, like, oh, yeah, against her butt. And Been I there. know she felt it, and I was just like, I, I, it's there. I don't know too. And then I, you, you just wrote on her. Maybe she wants to do something with it. <laughs> well, dude, and then like, you know, girls are confused in high school too. When no, you're completely, and dude. so it's like we're all just like trying to make sense of this shit that's happening to our bodies. I think they get it the worst, to be honest, dude. Oh yeah, because they, they passed to... around. Oh, you know and then they're I mean? trying to make sense of like why guys are treating everyone's calling them way. sluts and like it's like fools we fucking banging chicks all the time. Why don't we call it like sluts? We're called like players. <laughs> That's real just... dog. We're, we're sluts. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I agree. It just you know so, so, I I can't change how so, so, society. But back to your erectile dysfunction. Um. No, I was just. I mean, <laughs> no, it doesn't even not, not nothing to do with that. It was just <laughs> I. I was just really confused and I was really shy. So like. Um, I didn't have sex until like senior year. Jealous, man. And, uh, actually it was like almost after graduation and I was at Pismo and, you know, I was with my homies and there was these girls there and one of them just went past me at the arcades. You remember when there was the arcades? Yeah, dude. And she just went and grabbed my dick. 
and then that uh, fast that's how, i didn't that, even do not even a hi hey how are you she just grabbed it and looked at me like but i was like oh hey what's up let me get your number and yeah, let me know, get her number and you know like when you're like macking on a chick or you're like and your friends give you like make fun of you mm-hmm. like even in high school so i oh, was yeah. kind of embarrassed but then Envious. Uh, but then i called her and uh and we were trying to hang out and i think she was like wanting to hang out but she was flaking on me so i was like oh, i'm gonna hang out with these dudes i go to uh i was i had a job at the california conservation corps no you didn't dude that's a solid thing to have dude well it was it was i mean yeah i mean i was young you're making good money and you just get you to... don't make shit and you get paid once a month i guess it depends on where like now now it's good i know that but continue so i knew these see there was two um they call them satellites, which are stations. And there was one in San Luis Obispo, but that has a housing unit where you live on the base. It was a house. It's housed at the military base in San Luis, right by. Cuesta. So you had to live there. Yeah, but I didn't want to do that because they'll take like you know two hundred bucks out of your check every month. So I see, went to the that? satellite at Santa Maria because you can live wherever you want. So, and I was living at my parents' house. So I'm like, dude, I'll get another two hundred dollars a month. Yeah, so I was know? about to say that's a shitty setup because my buddy. You know Morgan, right? If, yeah, I know Morgan. Yeah, I met was, him through you. He was making hella money doing it, and he didn't have to pay any rent. Is he still there? He got, he got high. Oh. He relapsed? Yeah, he relapsed. And, uh, so where is he now? I think he's here. I don't know exactly. You know what I mean? But he was making hella money, dude, and he wasn't have to pay anything living in a fucking cabin in the woods. So now, is he doing good now? or? I have no idea, dude. Fuck. He was doing really good. When I saw him, he was strung the fuck out yeah. in front of your house. Yeah. But anyway, Continue. so I was working at conservation, that California Conservation Corps, and everyone who worked there, because since it's in Santa Maria, almost at least 50 to 70% of the people who worked there were tweakers. Oof. So, I, and I didn't, I was kind of inexperienced. I didn't know much about tweakers. I knew like a little bit about them. We called tweakers padoofers in high school because, you know, they'd spin the dug. And then they, when they'd exhale, they'd go, and like this giant cloud. It's almost like when you vape and a giant cloud comes out, but it's a meth cloud. And they, so we, we make fun of them and we go like imitate them and like Padoof. Mm-hmm. We call them Padoofers. But anyway, so these two dudes I met through, um, who I worked with at the conservation court wanted to hang out. So I go to Santa Maria and they're like, yeah, we're going to hang out with these girls. And lo and behold, they want to hang out with the girls. No, they wanted to hang out with the girl that I was trying to hang out with that touched my dick. That I was like, let's hang out. She oh, was God. kind of flaking out on me. So then we we get we ended up getting a hotel. I, I think all of them are high on meth. I'm just smoking. I probably just smoked weed at the time. And uh, Horrible. I'm trying to match. It's a horrible situation. And, and, smoking and, meth, and hanging out with, or smoking you, weed. You ever, you ever, like, you remember being at a kickback in high school and like, Two guys are trying to mack on the same girl, and it's almost like this, like prime, primitive, like yeah, it's yeah. Like fucking like alpha male, alpha male bullshit. Who can be more cocky? Yeah, exactly. And so, anyway, uh, and there's that one girl I'm trying to bang, who's pretty cute, had a nice body, but then there's this other girl, and she was just really big. So, I and I could tell she was like digging going digging anybody. Yeah, and so dick, one of the guys who Give I was hanging dick. out with, he pulls the girl I like into the bathroom and just like fucks the shit out of her. And that probably hurt a little bit. I know it did. A little bit, cause I, you know, I had like four girlfriends before, and but I I've been was there, too shy to like make a move. And now when I'm finally got the confidence to make a move, 
So anyway, I'm watching her get the. I'm like me and my the other kid are like peeking in the bathroom, watching her get the fuck getting her brains fucked out. And so then you were watching the, it, we peeked. You know, we're high, this is like high school days. We just peeked in and saw him get fucked. Or get fucked. <laughs> I'll be fucking with him, huh? Little bit, like saying shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, poking. Okay. Fun. You're just peeking and looking, not saying anything. Well, that's a little perfect. Kind of weird. Oh, whatever. But I don't care. I've done weird shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't judge anyone. You've never been at a party and, like, your friend takes a girl in the room? I've accidentally like, walked in. Accidentally. Saw, like, butthole and balls. I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, I'm good on that. Yeah, I did see some ball slappage. But, but continue. So then we go back in the room and then uh, this other guy proceeds to fuck in one of the beds. And I'm just sitting there, third wheel out. And then the, they come out of the bathroom. She's just, like you know, sweaty and she's like laying down next to me, like pet my head and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh, this is weird. So then I go home just thinking, Oh God, what the, you know, what the fuck happened with my life? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like where, where did, where did my life go wrong? That's so good. I'm just a sexually, I was so sexually frustrated. Dude, I didn't even masturbate till I was like 16. I thought it was gross. I was like, ew, masturbating is gross. When, and I, then when, I, finally, I, when I finally did it, it was like so much built up inside of me. It just, I just, like, I shot a load out like a bullet, like a, out of a gun. It just went poof, and then the rest just oozed out like you're, a volcano. You're telling me, dude. Thinking of Pamela Anderson. And then I was like, oh, this is awesome. I can like, you know, clear my head afterwards. Yeah. But anyway, back to the story. So then a couple weeks pass. And this girl, I'm hanging out with my friends, you know, we're driving around smoking weed and then, you know, sun sets, it's nighttime and the same girl hits me up. She wants to hang out. So I'm like, oh, cool. So I drop my friends off and I go pick up this girl and I take her to this spot off of Old Oak Park where it's like, you know, this back road and it dead ends and you can see like a nice view of the city from, you know, you know, the outskirts in the nature and the forest. And uh, I'm making out with her and, you know, things are getting hot and heavy. Then comes the pookie. And no, no. No pookie. Uh, she, um, back then I only, I was a metalhead. I was used, I used to be a little punk kid. I was in, oh, the, I, know. I, I was can, in punk bands and then I, I progressed, it. I progressed from punk rock to just hardcore death metal. So my music collection, which we had CDs back then, kids. It was horrible to her. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's all just death metal. She's like, what the fuck? she's like, what the fuck? I don't listen to that. So now we're, she's like, well, put the radio on. She's like, do you have any Usher? You know, oh, back then, gosh, Usher was them. She's trying to make some love. She's trying to make some babies. Yeah, some Usher music while she's banging. And the radio station is all fuzz. Because we're in the little like middle of the yeah, woods. Yeah. No, you know, so we can't pick up any... Back then, like, you don't get satellite fucking like... Yeah, there's no serious. satellite radio. So it's like, you know, all the, you know, mainstream hip-hop stations are all... You can't get any... Like, it's all fuzz. You can't mm-hmm. hear it. It's like... So I'm looking through my CDs. I'm trying to find something like Usher to bang this girl. De- I looked through my CDs, death metal, death metal, death metal. Paramore's close to it. I didn't even have Paramore, but I, <laughs> it's all death metal. And then finally at the end of my little CD book, what, what CD do I have? Two short CD. Oh, fuck yeah. Dude. <laughs> so I'm like, go. well, I got, I got this two short CD and she's like, Oh, okay. So then I lost my virginity banging this girl. Not to Usher that she wanted, but to Too Short, where and he's rapping about like blow job, Betty, give him real good head, bust a left nut, right nut in her jaw, sperm on her cheeks, and she's like laughing, like, and I'm like trying to be like serious, like this, like this is my virginity, this like, is my virginity this is my, here, this is supposed to be special, I got to be good at this, yeah. this is my, she can't know, and I had a condom on, and I was so definitely back in the day fr- when you actually use condoms, <laughs> yeah, back in the day when I used condoms. 
I should use condoms more often. No, you told me. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, that's the story. The that's the story of how I lost my virginity, everybody, and it's pretty embarrassing. It's I guess it's amusing. Oh, people have worse. Look at mine. Dude. Mine was way worse. Okay, so yeah, we need to get back into your story. Yeah. So you were getting Got... molested by your dad's stepbrother, girlfriend. Much. Your stepbrother, basically. He and what the fuck? Dude? And like you said. You know, you know, like your perception of like war- reality in the world is just probably so shattered. Oh, at that time, for sure, dude, I was so confused. Like, especially with the fact, fa- fact, I didn't know exactly why m- my dick wasn't doing what he was doing. Like when I, I couldn't come, so I just feel like. Well, I, how old were you? Like first grade. What are you seven? Fucking hell. Dude. And he was like seventeen. And, and this uh, boy is molesting you. Yeah. And using video games to entice you. Yeah, yeah, you like entice me to come in. So see, this is like the I this is a I didn't know we were gonna travel. I think this podcast kind of went off the rails. I thought we were gonna talk about drugs, and you're talking. Oh, about it's some, it's leading it. It's the deep shit. Trust me, like, I was about to get there. But you know what I want to interject on is like it really shows like what you expose your kids to will really influence completely decision making down the road. Completely, you know? dude. Like I mean, look I did at, not know that about you. Look at the research on. Um, Video games and stuff like that, like it's equivalent to c- cocaine to a kid's brain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Good job. Um, so that you know, I'm confused. I I can't come, so I just feel like I'm gonna have to pee. So I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it feels is good. So weird. You know. So, but anyways, we're gonna go past that. So I end up getting in trouble, being caught with girls in the bathroom. I get shamed again by my dad. So, so I'm just a fucking confused, angry ass kid, you know. And I don't feel like I belong because none of these ki- kids can relate to me. I'm like a fucking ghetto kid, you know. At heart, like. I'm raised by a dude from that that has LA and big city principles, you know, like ghetto principles. Street 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 principles. Street code. So was he doing drugs or dad doing drugs at the time? I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I know he was doing a little bit of drugs with Sherry, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. You know, like he'd probably do lines here and there. Okay. You know, um, so it wasn't out of control. Yeah. Um, definitely distracting because he didn't know what was going on. Yeah. You know, but um so I get caught with the girls, shamed. So then I'm introduced to fighting again. I'm standing in line. It's not not really too relevant, but it's relevant. Standing in line. This guy ends up fucking with me. He, like, cuts me or something like that. Pushes me in the wall, and I stalk him in the nose. And I get in this fight with him. And I end up winning, and the feeling, feeling of the fighting, like, made me feel so fucking You got good. a rush. It, like, released so much of this confusion and, like, anger with my dad because he can't be a father. All he does is fucking yell at me, and he's never there for me. You know, he doesn't yeah. tell me anything. He just yells. So that's all I know is like yelling anger and bullshit pretty much. Like nothing that's going to help me in life. Yeah. And I get praised by it. I go to the principal and this kid was like a bully. Yeah. You know? So I get praised. He gets suspended. And immediately I get get this feeling of a rush that felt good, but I don't want to be bad about it. You know what I mean? So growing up in life, I always fight bullies. I hated bullies. Anyone who would pick on anyone or anyone who even try to step up to me, you know? I was very, that was my chance to, like, jump and, like, get it out, you know? Got it. But come fourth grade, this is how I was introduced to drugs. Come fourth grade, I had this teacher. She was a fucking bitch, and I will blast her name. I don't give a fuck. Miss Sainsbury. She fucking, uh, I didn't put her first name, so it doesn't matter. You're fine. Um, she hated me because I was so, like, my ADHD was off the walls, dude. I could not sit still. I fucking couldn't focus. Who knows if my mom did drugs, what the reason was, you know? Yeah. But my brain was just like, you think I'm bad now? You should have met me as a kid, dude. I was out of control. You're bouncing off the walls. Out of control. And uh, she had this fucking stupid story, dude. She had a little Velcro, right? This pencil with a Velcro around it that would stick to the desk. 
Well, her dumb ass also had carpet on the floor. One day I knocked my pencil off the ground. I went to go catch it and it stuck on the, the carpet up and I stuck my hand with it. Stabbed your hand. Stabbed my hand. Fucking bad, dude. Like really bad. It like went, went probably like an inch in. Fuck, dude. And I was like bleeding everywhere and I showed her and she's like, I'm going to take you to the office. I go to the office. They call my dad in and she told him I stabbed myself with the pencil and I need to be put on drugs because I can't do anything, you know? So boom, there it goes. That's how it starts. She got me to get put on Ritalin in fourth grade. And I'm just going to pretty much blow through the the rest in fourth grade. I put on Ritalin. My whole fucking life changes. I can't. I'm like not myself anymore. You know, you're like a zombie at first. Yeah. At first, like I'm just like so focused. I'm not joking around with my friends anymore. You know, um, I'm going home when I'm coming down. I'm just fucking angry, I'm just throwing shit. I don't care what my dad bad punishes me. Nothing. That's my first introduction to drugs. Anyone out there who's taking pills, it affects you. It gets no you high. Shit. You know what I mean? Like it did help me. It did help me focus. I was getting good grades. I was do, doing what I needed to do. But when you lose who you are, is it worth it? Is it worth giving everything up that makes you? Fuck no, dude. Hell no. I'd rather struggle and try to like learn it on my own. But I was so young, I didn't know, you know. But anyways, so I'm put on that to about like, I'll get to this. Sixth grade, this is when I discovered weed. And I was hanging out with my friends because I hung out with a bunch of older kids. And they're always smoking weed, always popping pills, you know. Um, so I decided to smoke weed. Fucking first time I got high, insane. That's what I was going to say. My vision's like, tunnel vision's going, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I, I'm watching Spongebob, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing, dude? I go to the freezer, I stand in front of the freezer for like, probably like a solid like three minutes just looking at it. I close it, I go back and watch Spongebob, my, my dad comes home, I'm like, oh fuck, dude. He can't know I'm high. You know, like, <laughs> Paranoia. I'm like, I'm going to go upstairs. Fucking, it was, it was like horrible. So I was like, never doing that again. Yeah. Fuck that. So I go into seventh grade, and I get this brilliant idea. I hang around nothing but fucking rich, spoiled, dumbass kids. You know? Okay. So why don't I buy the fucking weed for $10 a gram and sell it for 50 $50 a gram? And I, I skin it. I, I swear on everything. And you pinch it? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Then this is how it got got oh started God. smoking weed again. Um. Yeah, dude. I had these kids... Parents, parents are rich, dude. They're giving them like allowances out of the out of the wall, dude. You know what I mean? There's one kid specific, specifically that would buy gram off me like every fucking day, dude, for fifty bucks. Because I was the only person. Because I was you are ruthless. I was the ghetto kid. Every, everyone knew I could get whatever you wanted. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So it started with weed, and I'm racking up this money, dude. For the f- first time in my life, I have money. You yeah. know, I'm six. I feel like I'm doing something, and like, dude. I'm not joking, like, out of fucking roll of money because I started selling ecstasy, too. In seventh grade? This is what happened. I started taking ecstasy. I took ecstasy for, like, I take it barely here and there, and then I took it three days in a row, and I got the horrible, this horrible depression. Mm-hmm. So I stayed away from it for a long time. But I was selling. At that time... Well, yeah, drained your serotonin. Yeah, at that time, I was so focused on the money for the yeah. first time in my life, like, only time in my life, really. Only time. Because I could hop over someone, you know? Yeah. Come up. Because they were paying for the pills that I was selling. Yeah. Fucking retarded. This is this is rich kids right here, you know? Yeah. Why I didn't belong. Um, but anyways, you know, and I felt powerful and I felt good. And like it was a good distraction, you know? Yeah. Because, and then my 
I was selling rock stars out of my locker too. Rock stars. I'd bring cold from this the school, and uh, one day I'm just sitting in my room. My, my dad's put my laundry in my shit or something like that. This is like eighth grade, and I did this for like almost two years. And uh, I know it was two years, but um, he pulls out my finds my water money in my sock, fucking rubber band and all. I felt felt like Scarface, you know. God damn it. And he looks at it and he goes, "How'd you get this?" And I go, "Dude." Selling rock stars out of my locker. He knew I did it. Yeah. Like, he would drive me to school to, to buy the rock stars. Literally, I know he knew what I was doing. Later on, he told me, you know? Yeah. But that's how I got introduced to, like, like, not prescribed drugs, you know? And this whole time, like, by this time, I'm used to the Adderall. And then I got put on the Adderall. Yeah. By this time, I'm used to the Adderall and shit, you know? I took myself off the Ritalin for a little bit, and they were like, no, like, you're too out of focus. But, uh, that, all that shit happens. And uh, I don't really know where I'm going from middle school. Because middle school was just the same, same fucking, fucking standing up for people. Fucking, I got ratted on one time. I, was, I sold this. Because I'd only, only bring what I'm selling to school. That's it. Yeah. Because I li- live right down the street. Yeah. You know? You're if not going to bring to, everything. Yeah, if I want to get high, walk, walk right down the street. So fucking, this guy ratted on me. Fucking, I sold him a pipe and I sold him weed. And they got fucking caught with him. Him and Jim, I almost said said the last name too. <laughs> uh, I, can, I can cut shit out post. Yeah, fucking ratted on me, dude. And this was like the first time I ever had this like anger of like, this this motherfucker could have fucked over my life, you know? Yeah. Could have been expelled. So I find out about it. They bring me in the, the office and they're like, well, you know, we heard this. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. You know, I'm not, a, no. I'm not a fucking idiot, you know? Yeah. I've learned already. And like, well, we checked your locker and you had rock stars in there. I'm like, Yeah. Like, well, we heard you're selling rock stars. No. <laughs> you know, like, prove it. And I don't know how I learned this at such a young age. I just adapted really fast, you know? Yeah. I was so comfortable with it. Like, when they brought me in, I was just like, no, like, I don't know what you're You had a good about. poker face. Yeah, I'm good. At, that's what it was. I was just learned to lie so well. But, um, fucking, I get out of there and I'm like, oh, fuck this fool up, dude. And I wait till the next day in PE and he's changing. And as he's changing, he's like putting on his shorts. And I'm like, Gavin, he like looks up and I fucking slammed the locker in his face. Got slammed on. his face in the locker. And this is the first time I was like, I felt like a badass. You know what I mean? Because I was like, don't fuck with me. You know, <laughs> don't fuck, fuck me over. Now you're really Scarface. Yeah, and I fucking, you know, told him don't say anything. And that was the side of me that would later awaken, you know, that fucking ruthless side. So time goes on. And then this is when shit gets bad. I get into high school fucking having a cherry life you know there's a funny story i probably should tell okay there's a retarded kid that lived next next to me i grew, grew up with him my whole life used to hang out with him you know give him a friend to hang out with i play halo shit like that yeah someone was making fun of him when he was playing the flute and i just went in a microwave to burrito just went in a microwave to burrito those, remember those ones the blue yeah, or the red yeah. ones yeah, i had yeah. the red one and he's making fun of him and i come up on the side of him and it was like 10th grade i grabbed the burrito and i just fucking chucked it right at his face Fucking splattered on his face. Hot ass burrito, dude. Hot beans. Yeah, he turned around and saw it was me and was like, just immediately backed off, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is, that's how, that's how we like, life is different. You know, in high school, like, you don't have the crazy, like, gnarly drug addicts that are like, fuck you up, you know, like, or kill you, you know? Yeah. It's like a normal life, for me at least, because I went to slow high. Yeah. So it was like less drugs there, you know? Oh, yeah. It wasn't people like shooting up dope and shit like that. Not not back then. No, no. And, Today, uh, it's different, but... Yeah, and then you get in the real world, and you're like, holy fuck, dude. 
Like, there's other people like me and gnarlier, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. Way gnarlier. But it uh, gets bad, really fucking bad, as I turn 15. My dad uh, my dad ends up losing his job at a... He, he was a QA engineer. He ends up losing his job, so he's sitting at home on retirement, whatever that shit's called, right? Boom. One day, he's fucking acting so weird. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with him, dude? He's out there, like, taking apart his computer, fucking... Won't stop talking to me. Like, will not let me leave. Oh, he's spun out. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And I, I didn't know. Yeah. I wasn't introduced to him like this. He would do lines here and there. Come to find out he was smoking it now. You know? And that's when my whole fucking life changed. You know? Uh, and then I have all these feelings, like, that I suppressed from, like, the past and everything. Um, never had a father to be there. But um, now I just... Not only do I not have a father, I have a fucking, I mean, you guys don't understand. Like, my dad is the worst tweaker you could imagine. And me and my sister are trying to figure it out. And then finally, finally, it just comes to my brain. And I go, this mother, let me remind you, 15. I'm like, this motherfucker's using meth. Has to be. And I look at his eyes, and there's not even a fucking iris. And I'm like, oh my god, dude! How did I not notice this? Iris, you know? uh, no pupil. And then, yeah, there's no iris. His pupils are pure pupil. Oh, it's all yeah, black, pure pupil. black bald. Pure pupil. And I'm like, are you fucking using? And dude, he would deny it to the uh, all the time. And the worst part that happened is when my sister got married. I resented her so much for it. She left right as this shit started. Yeah. So let me give you a little example of how bad my dad is. So you go to house. And people have rock gardens. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, that's a rock garden, you know? Yeah. So, you come to my house, knock on the door, look on the right. Oh, he's got a rock garden. That's yeah. normal. Fuck, no, it ain't. You All open right. up the door, fucking look down the hallway, it's a fucking wall of rocks. So, you step two steps into the door, to the right in the kitchen, nothing but fucking rocks. On the counter, on the in the fucking fridge, on the fucking floor, in Why? the fucking washer. Why? Because this fool was so tweaked out, he thought that this shit was worth millions. Rocks? He thought people were hiding rocks in their fucking front yard because it was so valuable they couldn't hide him in the house. So they had to hide him in plain sight. So what then the you walk. Fuck? Yeah. So then you walk. And this is the house I lived in from 15 to 18. And you walk into the living room, nothing but fucking rocks. Fucking everywhere. Let me put it this way go upstairs, there's a rock wall. And your mom and dad are separated at this Completely. point. Completely. I've never even met my mom at this time. So wait. And I, I barely knew my, I like I knew my, knew my grandma a little bit. So you moved up here with your dad. Correct. And your mom was just. Gone out of the picture. Yeah. And you picture, still gone. don't know where she is. And the, I tried to talk to her one time when I was going through that. And I said, what are you up to? And she said, don't fucking ask me what I'm doing. I'm your mother. You don't need to know what I'm doing. And there's all these comments of like all these other guys. Guys, like, I had a fun time last night. Wait, night on Facebook? We, uh, MySpace at the time. Oh, MySpace. And when can we meet up next? You know? Oh, she's still prostituting. Yeah. Okay, so please continue. Sorry, I just um, had to... No, you're fine, that. dude. I, I like that. I think that's yeah. what a podcast should be. Yeah. You know, stopping and asking questions and shit. Yeah, I was just trying to, you know... Make I enjoy it. That. You know? And uh, so... And there's rocks... Let me, rocks up the stairway, rocks in the bathroom, rocks in his fucking... All over his bed in his bedroom... In his office, and you sit there and fucking scrub one rock, no joke, guys, for fucking twelve hours. One rock, one fucking rock. He must have been really tweaked out, dude. Tweaked. His legs were like toothpicks. His arms were like toothpicks, but had a huge belly. 
It was the weirdest fucking. He, he looked like fat like, and skinny at the same time. He looked like The Walking Dead, dude. Like probably one of the worst weekends you ever see. I'm not joking. And this is something as a kid kid that grew up with his friends as his family. That's where I learned was my friends. Everything I learned. Yeah. The way I grew up as a kid. Live. Yeah. Because either my dad was working, he was fucking yelling at me, and that's it. You know, I didn't have he didn't he didn't tell me to do my homework. He didn't tell me to brush my teeth. He didn't tell me anything like that. You know, so I learned everything from my friends. That's why I'm so close to my friends. That's why they're my yeah. family. I grew up like that. Yeah. The friends were always my family. Family, and I grew up with older kids. That, that's how I grew up. Yeah. You know, getting beat up by them. And fucking, you know, we'd box in our backyard. Like it was just a little ghetto, dude. Yeah. It was fun. It was awesome. I loved it. But um. So that's when it really started. That's when like the depression, the. Resent the resentment. Complete resentment, dude. Yeah. I fucking hated my dad. Hated. I resented my sister for leaving. I resented my dad. Dad for being alive. Yeah. You know. Um. Uh. So. So being you would try to avoid being at home. At oh, I run away. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't. I didn't want to come home. Yeah. And I'd run away, and the cops would get me. And I'd come back, and they'd be like, "I can't do anything if you don't say anything." And I would grow up on the principles that you don't rat. You don't snitch to the cops, Period. especially not the cops. Period. You at least try to run, run as long as you can. You yeah. Know? Um. And he would do the psychological torture to me as a kid. Psychological. This is before I. I'll tell you it, but he would uh, get, get caught by the cops, right? Be like late at late at night. He'd fucking talk to me till seven o'clock in the morning, make me clean and stuff like that, and would not not let me go to sleep. I'd be falling asleep while I was talking to you, wake me up. And he'd do this multiple Fuck. times, multiple nights. If you're not high, he is. Yeah, I'm fucking do- psychological tor- torture. I'm telling you, at that point in my bra- brain. It was torture, dude. I can't even explain it. Yeah. Like, and the shit he was talking about was like, and crazy eyes, you know, like, horrible, dude. But then, you know, I tried alcohol before. Yeah. And like, you know, I do it here and there. Like, yeah. I never had my true drunk that made me fall in love with it, you know? Yeah. So one night, while drinking, we get a bottle of Smirnoff, a handle of Smirnoff and a fifth of Smirnoff. And it's me and my friends and it's this girl. Yeah. Jerica, I grew up with her my whole life. And I'm like, I, I want to impress her. You know, so I'm fucking smashing out, dude. I get Drinking. so fucked up. I have like amazing fucking time. I don't even care about, about what's going on in my home. I fall down my stairs, break through the fucking drywall. My dad, you my, fell through the drywall. I fucking tumbled down my stairs. My sh- shoulder went through the drywall in my head. Oh my and God. I just kind of laid there. And my friends are trying to help me out. And my dad's like, just leave him. So I wake up in the morning in my drywall. Oh my God. And I go, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> You know, so then that's when I get introduced to alcohol, and that was my escape. So now you're using alcohol just whenever you feel like you need to get out of your life situation. Yeah, because this at this point that's like 15, and yeah. I, I didn't really get hardcore into drinking, but I was drinking. I would like drink, drink and chill in my room. You know, mm-hmm. at that point, uh, I ended up going to PB. I, I got what's PB Pacific Beach High School. It's a oh, continuation. Okay. okay. Continuation. continuation. Yeah. I went to Lopez continuation. So for the first time in my life, I'm growing up with these kids. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, uh, so I, that's when my anxiety comes. Never had anxiety as a kid. Yeah. You know, I was a very outgoing guy, but to switch, switch to school, you know, no one, you know what I mean? It's yeah, very, of course. it's really weird. Yeah. You know? So I stopped drinking. I just smoked weed and had this horrible anxiety hanging out in my room. And then I met Quaid. My whole fucking life changed. Quaid is a friend of yours. Yes. Okay. And uh, that's when I really got introduced to alcohol. Alcohol had a really party. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was fucking drinking every fucking day. And now standing up, like, for the first time, 
I was just telling my dad, fuck off. Like, get away from me. We yeah. have rules now. You're my roommate. You're not my you're dad. You're setting boundaries. Yeah. Setting boundaries was healthy, but I did it in a scary way. But you way. did it in a scary way on alcohol. Yeah. You needed alcohol for that liquid confidence to yeah. be able to stand up to your dad who's just strung out on meth. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, That's uh, fucking crazy. You know, Quaid kind of saved my life. Yeah. Because, you know, I was in such a dark depression. Um, alcohol saved my life, but killed me at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I took it too far. But anyways, so, you know, I tell my dad, if a fucking single rock ends up in my room, I'm going to smack the fuck out of you. What the fuck? Like, crazy shit. Like, and then I had eight people living in my fucking room. One room. You had to walk, walk who across. These, who are these people? Uh, just people. A bunch of people from PB and a bunch of friends I just made. A bunch oh. of girls. A bunch oh, of dudes. It was, like, crash. literally a perfect mix of girls and dudes. Like, so everyone was smashing, no matter what. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Like, there wasn't one, one person left out. Yeah. It was, like, four and four. So, oh it was, like, God. it was, like, perfect. We were all fucking in there. Didn't care who was watching, you know? It was wow. fucking amazing, dude. It was, like, a huge orgy and, like, video games and fucking music and drinking, popping pills, doing doing ecstasy. While on the outside of my room, there's fucking tweakers everywhere. There's junkies fucking passing out on the rocks on the couch. They didn't even move the rocks. <laughs> They're just sitting on there, like, the fucking... Fuck? You go down there, you're, like... Fucking idiot. Get the fuck out of my house, dude. You know, wake the fuck up. Get out of my house. You're sleeping. You know, like shit like that. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. Like, I didn't... I had my own dishes locked in my room. I came in one time. I see this fucking tweaker under my bed. And I'm like sitting there. Me and Quaid. I'm waiting for him to turn around. And he turns around and sees me. And I go, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And I look in his hands. He has a fucking plate in Silverware. Here's your plate. Because he didn't want to wash a fucking dish. And I fucking grab my shirt. This is the kind of, kind of shit you deal with in a tweak pad, you know? Yeah. I lived in a trap house for, three, for like three, ugh, three years. I got used to it. You know what I mean? So I fucking throw him downstairs, kick him outside. It's like, fuck, man, this shit is fucking chaotic, dude. You know? That is, and in San Luis Obispo, no less. And in government housing. Like, if, fucking, if, if, like we have inspection and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Cameras. Oh, there's cameras? There's cameras, like, outside. <laughs> and, like, so much traffic in and out, dude. What the fuck? It was insanity. And my dad's, like, slow, slowly, slowly becoming, like, a skeleton, dude. Like, it was fucking... And out of his... Out of his mind, dude. Like, the rock thing, it was out of his mind. It was, it was fucking insane. But, um... You know, like... There was this one time I... I've never hit my dad. Yeah. He would always get in my face. I would never fucking hit him. You know, he'd talk shit to me, call me a bitch, like, all types of shit. Never talk shit to him. And at this point, like, I'm faded. And I go downstairs, and my dad's, like, pissed off because I got moon rocks. Like, you know the weed that's triple rolled? Oh, yeah, yeah. The the weed that's got hash or concentrate and keef over it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those moon rocks. Yeah, so I got an ounce of that. And like an ounce of it? Yeah, I got an ounce of it. That's probably Because my buddy's, my dad's friend he grew up with, um, my dad's friend he grew up with um, would make it, and I was close friends with them. Yeah, so you get hooked up. Yeah, so uh, I didn't, I didn't smoke it at all. I was smoked to, all I was, of it? I was supposed to sell it. And get him money? Yeah. Oh, so what he fuck. did is he came he came in and I was, he took my skateboard and my, my uh, guitar. Oh my and God. I was cool with it, you know? I didn't yeah. give a fuck at that time. Whatever, yeah. take my shit, you know? Yeah. But my dad wouldn't let it go because he gave me that guitar for Christmas. So I come downstairs and he's in my fucking face and he's like, you don't give a fuck, you don't give a fuck, like you're a fucking I- idiot. 
And I'm sitting here like thinking, you're really going to tell me this? Yeah. And he fucking headbutts me in the face. Boom. I go, what the fuck? Headbutted me again. Boom. Ends up headbutting me the sixth time. And I felt blood dripping down my face. And I fucking, this is my dad for you guys. So you know. I square up. I'm getting ready to, like, I'm warning him. Like, yeah. I'm going to fucking sock you. Yeah. And he squares up for a second. And I'm like, okay. You know? And then he puts his hands down. And I'm like, okay. And I put my hands down. And boom, he sucker punched me right in the nose. I go, I look at him. And I go, are you serious? And I fucking, I, did, I like, pull, pulled back to it. I didn't want to hurt him. Yeah. So I fucking socked him. And he did, like, a little ballerina spin. Hit the wall. This is an example of my dad. And he's like, I'm calling the cops. The I'm like, are you, you have, like, five tweakers here downstairs that just witnessed this. Yeah. And I have, like... Eight, eight minors upstairs, like, high oh, as fuck. Yeah. Not a good idea. Yeah. You know, I was like, I know you're not calling the cops. I went upstairs. But, uh, you know, little did I know that, that that would raise me to who I am today, as strong as I am, you know? Yeah. Like, going through all that shit. Like, no, no matter what anyone goes, goes through, you use it as a positive thing. You know? Um, but then... I'm sorry if I'm just rambling. No, I like this story. This is fucking hardcore. So, uh, you know, um, then my dad gets into some shit with some Mexicans. Uh, and that was just all bad, dude. Like, uh, you what know, exactly me, did he get into? I have no, I still don't know to this day. Did he owe money or something or? Yeah. Like one time I fucking pounded on the door, pounded on the door. My dad wouldn't answer it because he's yeah. a fucking pussy. Yeah. Me and Quaid already faded and shit and like we go downstairs we have have a baseball bat behind the door yeah you know and quade's fucking me and quade we match good because we like build off each other's insanity and you guys are when you're one's, oh, we throw, when one's down to throw down you're both down oh to throw dude down. yeah we would get in fights all the time all the time and uh he's kind of the one that got me more confident in fighting like yeah give a fuck if it's a bigger person you know what i mean yeah like he really taught me like you know it's all about the fight and the dog yeah so what and happens? by this, okay, so they're pounding on pounding on the door. There's three of them, and I was with my buddy uh, Quaid, Rain, and me. Yeah. And uh, we go downstairs. I'm looking through the people, making sure like they don't have a weapon or anything, you know. Yeah. So I fucking swing open the door, and me and Quaid run out. I'm like, what the fuck's up, homie? You know, like squaring up on him, and like, where's your pops? Where's your pops? And fuck where my pops is. Why are you knocking on my door? Yeah. You know. And this this time I'm 17. Yeah. And. Uh, I'm dealing with my dad's shit because I still care about him. I still love him. Yeah. You know, I don't want him getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the craziness of, like, drugs, dude. Like, my dad would rather put me in danger than deal with his own shit that he put himself in. Yeah. You know? So we do that. And we definitely, definitely scared him off, dude. Definitely. Because Rain came out with the fucking baseball bat. Yeah. And was just fucking, like, ready to smash one of them in. Because he's just, like... He's, a, he, he's someone else, dude. Yeah. You know? Because um, I don't need a baseball bat, you know? But uh, that shit ended up happening. And uh, we en- they ended up robbing the house when I wasn't there. You know? Mm-hmm. They came in, came in, stole all of our shit. Fucking. Uh, and I just was like, fuck it, dude. Whatever. You know? I ain't even tripping on it. It's yeah. like, they stole my Xbox 360. Big fucking deal, fuck. dude. You know? I wasn't even tripping on it. Yeah. But it just got so out of control at one point. I was like, fuck this, dude. Like. I can't live like this anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cops ended up being called one time and they were like, the dude pulled me off the side. I actually, I don't know who the cop is, but I really appreciate him. I really fucking do. He looks at me and goes, dude, 
He's like, like, you don't have to fucking live like this, man. Yeah. He's like, do you have any family out of state? Mm-hmm. Because I was 17 at the time, and yeah. I couldn't leave, you know? Yeah. And he's like, do you have any family out of state? And I'm like, actually, yeah, I do. I have a sister. And he's all, my suggestion is immediately call her and get you out of here. Yeah. Because I know your dad's tweaking. He's mm-hmm. like, I know your dad's on drugs. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I thought about it, and I was like, thinking about my friends and everything, and I was like, dude, this, I, I need a break. Mm-hmm. You know? I need a fucking break. So I fucking called my sister that night. I'll fade in. I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Like, explain to her everything. Bought me a ticket that day, that night, to mm-hmm. leave the next day. So I ended up fucking leaving. I went to Texas. And uh, that's... I thought thought it was going to be cool. You know, I've never really met my sister before. Yeah. And she... She became homeless at the age of fucking 13 in L.A. Yeah. She grew up on the streets in L.A. Like, from 13 to 18. And, like... Yeah, she's fucking gnarly, dude. My sister, she's short. Yeah. But I've seen her fuck dudes up. And I didn't really know her. Yeah. You know, I didn't know her story. So I go out there. I get to know my sister. She tells me everything. Like, fucking gnarly shit. And uh, I thought it was going to be good. But come to find out, her fucking husband was an asshole, dude. Big dude. I'm talking like six foot five country boy that fucking works on horses and just ripped, dude. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, he's a complete asshole to my sister and me. But what can I do? Yeah. You know what I mean? This is when it drew the line, you know? I was doing lots of coke down there. Dude, the coke down there was really good. <laughs> really fucking good. But I want to come home because my niece and nephew are there, so I stay at my friend's house. Yeah. Oh, funny story, actually. This dude was smoking bath salts. I didn't know. You can smoke bath salts? Yeah, I don't know what he's... Whatever he's doing with... He was taking bath salts. I know yeah. that. I'm sitting at his house all fucking coked out playing uh, Black Ops, right? Yeah. And he comes out in his fucking boxers... And he comes up and he lifts the coffee table up and puts it against the fucking door, grabs the other couch, pushes against the door. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And he's like, they're after me. They're after me. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? I'm like, I'm just trying to play Black Ops. He coked <laughs> out and like, have fun, you know? Yeah. And he's like, looking out the window, fucked up. And I'm like, fuck this, dude. I'm out of here. And I start throwing all the shit out of the way. He's freaking out. I open up the door. He, he runs out of the fucking door, knocks on the neighbor's door, right? Uh-huh. And pushes his way in. I'm seeing this. Pushes his way in and closes the door and then I'm gone. End up finding out he's telling her to call the cops that people are after him. And I was like, okay, that's the last time I'm hanging out with that fool. It was fucking insanity, dude. But what part of Texas is this? Uh, Seymour. It's like by Wichita Falls. Okay. It's a, it's actually five minutes away from uh, the Texas Chainsaw Mansion. Oh, no. Yeah, I got to go see that. That was pretty that's cool. That's trippy. But anyways, uh, I ended up fucking getting manhandled by this dude manhandled I mean like like I was a paperweight mm-hmm. he ended up I didn't like him yeah. you know and I was like I was depressed there too I was drinking like a 32 pack a day no joke but fuck. he kicked my dog and fucking dislocated his hip couldn't even walk what the fuck? I had a Labrador a German Shepherd and uh, I, w- I was yelling at him and calling him names and stuff yeah pick me up by my fucking throat on the wall like nothing dude like it was just like and I was like I'm not gonna fucking swing at this dude because mm-hmm. if I do, I'm getting fucking knocked out, you know? Okay. So I ended up calling my sister, leaving. I come back. And uh, I didn't tell my dad I was back for a while. Yeah, I'm just, how, long, how long do you want this? We can go on for a little while longer. I okay. want to get into, like, you getting in drug court and shit. Okay, I'll get there. I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm getting close. So I'll make this quick. I'll go back to my fucking... I move back back to my sister with my sister and... um. Not a Tascadero. It's... Paso? Mm-mm. Lower. Templeton? Lower. Like, right as you come with the grade. I thought the Templeton's right about no, it. No, t- take the f- first off-ramp on the right. Off the grade? 
Yeah, right. When you're above the grade. Right, yeah, like righty. No, no. Anyways, I, it's like all back hills. Like, yeah, it's country. I can't remember what the fuck it's called. I, it's my favorite spot. But anyways, I moved back with her. I don't tell my dad. You know, I stayed there for about a month. Yeah. Everything's going good. You know, I'm drinking a little bit. I see Quaid here and there. You know, I'm drinking a little bit. My sister's still really mad. She's like, you stop fucking drinking, dude. Stop fucking drinking. It's mm. fucking gonna kill you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna fuck you up. Because I had gotten in a, a verbal argument with Drew. You know, mm-hmm. called him out because he's like an egomaniac. He's like a narcissist, you know? Yeah. It really fucking pissed me off in the way he treated my sister. Yeah. And I fucking told him when I just blew him off. I was just like, dude, you need to fucking change your attitude, you know? Um. So this goes on. I ended up getting kicked out of there. Oh, no, I didn't get kicked out. I was just getting fed up with it, you know? Yeah. Because I don't want someone telling me I have a problem. So I go to my dad's house, knock on, knock on the door. My first time going back. Yeah. Knock on the door. He doesn't fucking answer. So back in the day, I would just pop the window open and hop through, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you know, just pop the window open and hop through. Fucking go to pop the window and boom! And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, window breaks. I thought it was a gunshot. Like, it, so, so loud. The window breaks over you. Yeah. So fucking loud, I thought that it was a gunshot. And, like, I'm checking my chest. I'm like, okay, dude, I'm good. Like, come to find out he threw a gigantic rock. Of course, a rock, right? Yeah. A gigantic round rock. And it would have fucking hit me if the curtain didn't catch it. The curtain caught it and, like, caught up. My dad comes out, and it was the worst sight I've ever seen in my life. Worst sight. He looked like he looked like he was dead. And it... What so caused the, the window to break? He threw a, oh, he fucking, threw a rock through it. He, and he would have hit me in the head, dude. And, like, the curtain, like, flipped up like that and caught it. Oh, my God. He would have smashed my face in, dude. Smashed it. it he didn't like, know it was you, though. No, he came out crying. That was my first sight of my dad in, like, five months. Came out cr- crying, like, looking like death. So my dumbass ends up moving back in with him. Same shit. I'm not even going to repeat it because the same, same shit cycles over again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Insanity. It gets way worse. Um, I get in a fight with one of my friend's dads or one of my dad's friends. I fuck him up. Um, I tell my dad I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm not living with you anymore, dude. This is insane. Yeah. You know, so I move in with Ricky, my best friend. Um, he's right next door, dude. Mm-hmm. Literally, apartment's connected right next door. So I'm hearing all, all this shit. I'm seeing all this shit on the side. He gets kicked out. I wa- watch Who him. gets kicked out? My dad. Oh, I, he gets evicted. Yeah, I watched his truck get repoed. It was fucking, fucking super sad, dude. Like I'm sitting, sitting there through the window, watching him like, like, uh, be really nice. Yeah. You know, nice about it, and like gives him the keys, and he's like, you know, like, how's your day going? You know. He feels defeated, kind of. Defeated, defeated, but he's still being nice and broke my fucking heart. Yeah. You know, like how hard he, he was trying to like contain himself. Yeah, and like I, I know how much that truck meant to him. You know, mm-hmm. and it just fucking killed me, dude. And then like. I wasn't talking to him, and the same thing happened um, when he got evicted. You know, I, I watched it through the window of him handing over the keys and, you know, how fucking lost he was. And like, it still breaks my heart today, like, watching how, like, not, I don't want to say accepting, but, like, back to the same thing, you know, how, like, he wasn't resilient at all. He just, yeah, you know, tr- and it, I went out and talked to him. And ask him what he's gonna do, and he just, oh, I'm just gonna go over to BK. And watching him walk away, dude, fucking, you know, like, fucking broke my heart, man. Like, I know I can't help him. Mm-hmm. I have no place to fucking take him, you know? And then watching him go through it the whole time, like, getting used to it, you know? Like, that's the, like, the worst part about being homeless, is you're forced into, like, being used to it. Like, accepting it, you know? And then that's what happened to me. I was stealing pills from, 
Ricky's mom, and I got kicked out. What kind of pills? Valiums. Oh. I fucking get fucked up, dude. I was taking like six Valiums and just being like playing GTA. Just all zoned out. Fuck. I felt like I was like, you know. <laughs> but um, this is when I start getting in trouble. This is how it. Because you get kicked out and now you're homeless. Now I'm homeless. Now everything I do is in pure sight. You know, and this this is how, how I got stuck in the fucked up system. Mm-hmm. I get out. I'm fucking lost. I don't know what the fuck to do. I've yeah. never been homeless before. I never thought I was going to be homeless. And how boom, old are you at the time? Uh, 18. I, two, day, two days of being 18. Okay. So, I lose the place. And I get out and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to hit up my friends. Like, hey dude, like, can I kick it, you know? I don't want to play stay. No one hits me up. Yeah. No one. And I'm just like, yeah, I know I, I've resented him for a long time. Maybe I haven't asked him if it had to do with my drinking, but I assume, Yeah, you know, um, and my drug use. So I'm fucking lost, dude. I am so f- fucking like, to be honest, scared at the time. Like, not scared, but like, you can't explain the feeling when you, you lose the play, place to rest your head. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, it's gone. Like you don't have anything. You have what's in your backpack. That's a horrible feeling. You know, and the, for the first like day or two, you're really like in a daze almost for me at least. And I'm just so fucking lost. And there comes my dad, you know, here, like I'll show you, you know, how the way of how you get by being homeless. If it wasn't for my dad, my dad, I wouldn't have the ropes, you know? Yeah. Like uh, he showed me the ropes and like, and there's my shout out to my brother, Jacob. Yeah. Best friend, dude. Most loyal friend I ever had. He was homeless at the time too. And I felt so bad because when I was living at Ricky's, he was homeless. And dudes come over and want to, like, you know, at least kick it outside. But I was so selfish that I'd hang out with him for, like, a cigarette. You know, and send him off on his way. And, like, little did I know how painful that is. To have no one no one that wants to kick it with you while you're on the streets. Mm-hmm. No one that's there for you. They're so caught up in their time. You know, is that a fucking friend? Fuck no, dude. Was I being a friend? No. Did I know what a hard time was? Fuck no, dude. Even living in that house. Homelessness is way worse. Way worse, dude. Way fucking worse. And uh, it got really fucking bad with my depression, man. Like, uh, if it wasn't for my dad and Jacob, I wouldn't be alive. I would have killed myself a long time ago. You get really impulsive when you get depressed. And yeah, and I, I just... You know how it is. We both both struggle with depression really bad. Mm-hmm. It's real, dude. Like, um, it's a mind, mind state that you don't want, but you have. You know, and um, knowing that I fucked up my relationship with my sister really fucking killed me. Like, she... Didn't even want to see me like that, you know? So, uh, so I end up becoming homeless. Um, I don't want to stay where my dad's staying, staying. How, how do you, how do you sleep next to tweakers? You know, it's, no, hard. You don't. It's, it's hard, you know? No, cause they don't sleep. Yeah. So I ended up staying with Jacob. He had, I ended up finding out he had a tank in this like storage, like, like little yard, uh, yard lot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I ended up staying there with him. And one night he's like, hey, you want to walk this girl home from work? And I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, no problem. I have a bottle of tequila. tequila. Does she drink? And he's like, fuck yeah, she drinks. Little did I know that whole situation would change my whole life. It ended up walking home, puking on my pants, <laughs> hanging out with, uh, or hitting on these four girls while I'm trying to also hit on this girl. With puke on your pants. Puke on my pants. Everywhere. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't even... I don't even remember puking on my pants, but I remember hitting on the girls. Well, were they into it? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. With puke on your pants. Yeah, did they, they know you had No, puke? I don't think they did. 
You know, it was fucking crazy, dude. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, it was insane. This is this is how I am when I'm homeless. And like, I don't give a fuck. I'm drinking. I I'll hit on anyone. I'll do anything. Zero fucks given. No, no fucks. This is how depressed I was. I didn't care about anything. I didn't care about my life. I didn't care about my. I cared about my friends. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I learned what loyalty and friendship was. Mm-hmm. Being homeless. You yeah. know what I mean. Being fucking real. Um. But yeah, that's that's the way I lived. You know, I go mm-hmm. back. She tries to drug me. She gives me Ambien, uh, Valium, and uh, Oxy. Cause she, All at once. She wants me to, like, she wants to have sex with me, you know? And, yeah, that'll help you perform. And she was thinking it would just, like, not just that. She was thinking it would, like, like, like put put me in zombie mode, you know? Where I'm just like, oh, fuck, you know? I want to fuck. Yeah. Because I'm not going to fuck someone who has a girl, but I ended up kissing her. And boom. Oh, I, she she's dating. She's dating someone. Oh. Fucking loft, though. Like, straight lame. He didn't treat her good. He only yeah. cared... Like, if anyone else was around, all he cared about, about was his image. How he looked to other people. He wouldn't even, he wouldn't even involve her. It was weird, man. I didn't like it. It bothered me of really course. bad. Especially with the situation that, like, she was in, you know? Okay. Like, yeah, I, I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. So, I walked this girl home. And I just slowly start hanging out with her more. And I noticed, noticed that her boyfriend doesn't really put the time in it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm fucking falling in love with this girl. But I won't. Oh my god! But I won't fucking, I won't like, do anything because she, has a man. You know, like that was my principles at the time. Okay. Just because, I knew the guy too. I went to school with him. Mm-hmm. But anyways, fucking. This is where my whole life changed. I ended up stealing a handle, and I was I would do this all the time. You fucking walk in, just fucking pop a handle on my jacket, walk out, I'm good. You know. So what happened was. The dude, I, this time I didn't give a fuck. Like, they they knew. You're drunk, too. Yeah, I'm faded. Did I'm you, faded are you on the Ambien and the Oxy and everything, or two? At that point, I was, uh, I was taking, what was I taking at that point? I think I was taking Oxys. At that point, I think I, I was you already. You were high on Oxy. I think I was already introduced to Oxys at that point. So, um, I faded on Oxys. I pretty much just put a handle, and, like, handle like what? this. A handle of uh, Sailor Jerry's. Oh, God. So I just, like, you know how someone covers a jacket, jacket over one side? Of course. Just did that with the handle. And walked out, no fucks given, dude. And uh, this is what fucked me over. Because I was, like, very generous and understanding the other homeless people. I fucking grabbed the bottle. I come out, and I'm like, he's right next to the door. I'm like, hey, you drink? And he's like, yeah. And he's got this big cup. I'm like, pour out the water. Pours out the water. I give him a big cup. And he's just scared. Right in front of the store. Right in front of the store. No cameras, though. But what happened was that uh, there's a skater coming by. And I get, I guess they already called the cops. Oh, yeah. they already called the cops on you. They already called the cops. They knew it was obvious. It was they didn't call you cops. out. No, but they, they called the cops. Why? They, they didn't want to. I look like a fucking maniac, probably. Look, yeah. I would probably stab him. You know, your nickname's maniac. Yeah, psychopath, <laughs> dude. I'm a fucking. I'll admit it. Um, so I fucking put the bottle in my jacket. I give him some. There's a skater coming by. He's like skating around the parking lot. So we w- walk by down this back street. Cop pulls up, and we're all five together. You know. Uh, me, her, her boyfriend, and my friend, and me. Okay. And uh, the cop's talking to the skater. Oh, he pulls the skater aside. The skater goes up to him. Oh, walks up to him. Skates up to him. And I'm like, he's a skater. He's cool. You know, like, <laughs> this motherfucker, dude. Jacob, my best my brother, dude. Like, yeah. He's like, he's like, dude, he's telling him. He's, he's telling snitching. Him, like, that's you. He's telling him. He's pointing you out. Yeah, he's like, let's turn around and go the other way. Nah, dude, I'm fucking fine. Stop fucking tripping, dude. We're good. You know what I mean? So fucking, <laughs> I see, I see him pull out. See, I'm like, look, he's, we're good, we're good. 
Yeah. He's like, dude, he's going to drive around and whip around the street. I'm telling you. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> and I fucking, there he is. He pulls turns around. Up, turns around the street. And I look at him. And I tell him, keep walking. I'm tell who keep walking? All my friends. Okay. Kayla, fucking everyone. Else. Oh, Kayla was there. That's the one I'm talking Okay, about. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I walked home and everything. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So I fucking send them on their way. I'm standing there in the middle of the street, faded as fuck, high as fuck. Cop comes up and he's like, You, were you in CVS? And I'm like, Yeah. He's like, Do you steal a bottle? And I'm like, Yeah. And then I grabbed the handle and I drank a bunch of it. <laughs> in and, front of him? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm telling you, at this point, I was, I, I've never been to jail. I was fuck, fucked up. I, I really didn't care. I drank a bunch of it. And he's like, sure. And I like, <laughs> you know, like just chugging it. And I fucking put it down. And I'm like, I'm ready. And he's like, okay. Oh, my God. He's like, I hope that was worth it. And I was like, well, You're we'll find out. You're going to jail anyway. Yeah, we'll find out. I ended up getting arrested. That was the start of it all. Um, you go to Slow County. You go to Slow County. I end up getting housed in 700. Okay. And uh, Not bad. Not a bad place to be housed. Funny story, dude. This is a funny story. Okay. To me, at least. <laughs> so, I have no idea what jail is. You've you never know, been I've only jail. seen on the movies. Yeah. You know, and I've never never really, like, hung out with kids like me. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know how to explain it. But anyways, so I wake up. I get housed in there at 3 a.m., you know, breakfast at 4.30. Yeah. So I sleep for like an hour maybe. Yeah. And uh, kind of DTing. You know, I never. You've been de- drinking all the time. And the oxys, I never DT'd from. Well, you didn't do them as regularly. Yeah. So yeah. You're doing alcohol all the was, time. Though. Yeah. I didn't really seizures, but anyways. So I wake up and I'm like, oh, fuck, dude, there's a lot of people in here. Yeah. And I'm like, they're like breakfast call. I'm like, oh, I'll just follow what people are doing. You know. Yeah. I get, I get, in, get in line. And I'm like, fuck. And I turn around. Boom. There's two guys right there. I'm like, what's up, dude? I'm like, what's up? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, also trying to keep a hard perception. Yeah. You know, I'm like, because I don't know if like, they're going to like, you know, like try to fight me to initiate me, you know, like. Yeah, you don't know. You never I no idea. jail. No idea. So I'm like, what's up? And they're like, hey man, you rolled the woods? No idea what that was. I was like. Yeah. When I first got there, I was like, what's a wood? Yeah. I was like, yeah. And for all those who don't know, wood is the whites. Yeah. Wood is like a it's short politics. For, short for pecker wood. Yeah. Because wood you. Woods can do deals deals with other people and shit. Not black people though, but skinheads don't fuck with anyone. No, they don't no fuck. One. They only fuck with other woods. They only need white people. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But uh, anyways, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, I rolled the woods. And you didn't even know what. No woods idea. Were. No I idea, just dude. Said, yeah. No fucking idea. And like, uh, at this point, I'm like, oh fuck, dude. Like, you know, and they're like, here, we want, want to introduce you to someone. I'm like, oh fuck, what the fuck's going on, dude? Like, put down your tray. Put down my tray. I go up and this is this guy and he's like, this is your rep. Yeah, rep for the race. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't know the, know the exact term of rep. Yeah, you don't know what a rep is. But I know he's the boss. Yeah. So I was you like. You he's the shot caller. Okay. And he's like talking to me. And he's like, I got you whatever you need, blah, 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 blah. You yeah. Know? Basic shit. And I look off to the left and I go, is that your girlfriend? And he goes, yeah, yeah. She's wait wait for me. Oh, there's a picture of a girl. Picture of a girl. Yeah. On the side of the bunk. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's my girl. She's waiting for me. No fucking lie on at all. Skinny. Fucking three days before that, I had fucked her. The same girl. Same fucking girl, dude. Three so days before fucked, that. Wait, wait, wait. You fucked, fucked the rep's girl. The rep's girl while he's in jail and she's yes. on the outs. Yes. And you three ne- days before I went what in. What the fuck? Yeah. And then the day. 
the day I got arrested, I was supposed to go to Atmosphere concert. Oh, but then, fuck. But then I kind of tripped out on that because I was like, what if he fucking finds out? You know? What yeah. if he finds out that I fucked her? He has way more power than I do. And then I'm like... Now you're tripping. Yeah, th- then I'm sleeping on the bunk and they come up to me like, hey, hey you want to go out to the yard? I'm like, no, I'm good. Second day comes by, you want to go out to the yard? I'm like, I'm good. They're like, are you withdrawing? I'm like, no, I'm good. They're like, get out of your bunk then. They're like, you're making us look, you know, you can't make, make us, us look, look bad. bad. You gotta go program with us. I'm like, oh, wow, they're politicking in there. Yeah, and I'm like, what, what the fuck is programming? I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, no problem, dude. I get off the bunk. They're going out there doing push-ups and shit. I'm like, this is going to suck. Yeah, because yeah, you, gonna, are, you I'm actually gonna look, are withdrawing. Yeah, I'm going to look weak. Like, it's going to be bad. But then I, time goes, goes, ugh, time goes on. Anyone that knows it, you get used to it. Anyways, yeah. period. So, so that's my first introduction to... My first go. introduction to uh, jail, you know, I actually played it pretty cool. I, mm. I was surprised. Yeah. To be, be able to hang with people like this. It, soon to find out that these people are just like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can relate to them for the first time. And then I keep getting arrested. I keep getting arrested. I end up blacking out. This is my story for like past four years. I blackout drink. What happens when I blackout drink is. Wait, you, d- get, you get out. I get out. Yeah. So I get out. How much time did you get? Fucking three days. It was, three it was my days. first offense, you know what I mean? Yeah. Three days, I keep getting arrested, and then I, I, I sign a Prop 36. Yeah. Well, look, no, let me go back. So what happens is, I end up blackout drinking. Anyone who doesn't know what that is, you drink, and you come, your uh, prefrontal cortex shuts off, pretty much. You do. So you're awake, but you don't remember anything. Correct. It's like, and you're not, you don't know what you're capable of doing, or what you actually do while you're in a blackout. Yeah, what... I was looking it up to try try to figure out more about it. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying is your prefrontal cortex shuts off. Imagine having a camera and recording. With the if your life on. is like a camera, exactly. And you just, boom, you stop. And yeah. what happens is your brain reacts. It doesn't think anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like process things. Because your prefrontal cortex is how you process things. Yeah. So it just, boom, it just reacts. Mm-hmm. You, and that's uh, how my life became hell. That's how my life became the worst thing. I you could didn't ever black imagine. out before. No, and if I did, I was kind of blacking out. But if I did, we were having a fun time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, um, but now you're going through blackouts and doing crazy shit. Yeah, what had happened? What I believe happened? Um, I was drinking at this point. I couldn't, couldn't not black out anymore. Mm-hmm. It was every day, and I did this for like four years, dude. Blacking out every day of my life, mm-hmm. the nighttime at least. Yeah, you know. Um, and what I believe it was is uh, my depression would turn into anger because I want to deal with it because I was homeless. You're bottling you it know? up. And, uh, so I was getting in fights all the time. I was breaking shit all the time. I was, uh, I ended up dating uh, my girl, Michaela, and uh, it was really good at first. She made, she made me feel happy and complete. Yeah. But the thing w- was, I, I couldn't love myself. You know, I hated myself so much. I resented myself so much. Because of everything that happened in your past. Everything, dude. Like, I mean, down all the way down You're to the... You're still young trying to process it. Yeah. And it's like you you focus on the past and you feel how unfairly you've been treated. Yeah, because I so never... So that turns into anger, especially when you're a young, you're a young man. Exactly, and you understand it, you yeah. know? like uh, Of course. Like, uh, I learned to deal with it through alcohol and drugs. So I never, well, I never dealt with it. you self-medicate. Yeah, yeah I never, never actually dealt with it. No, you put it to the side. Yeah, and just built up, you know? Like... Yeah. When you're homeless and you don't have a fucking place to stay, you think so much more on all the bad shit. Yeah. Because think about it, dude. Like, I was sleeping behind a building next to a dumpster in between two fucking restrooms so it would block the wind. 
I wake up. My first sight would be a spray painted sign that said "No shitting." Like people had shit there so many times. Right on the street. Right by this dumpster. You know what Staples is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking. No shitting policy by this. That's dumpster. how bad it was. Like how many people were dumping over there? Like was it, it's just a shit spot. A good place to have some privacy. You know what I mean? So that was my. You know that's your life. Like you hate it. And uh, blackout drinking, dude. I'm fucking resisting arrest. I'm fucking breaking car. I jumped on some dude's car. That was jumped on some dude's car, broke his fucking windshield. Fucking, uh, I'm getting in fights downtown. Um, you know, I, I'm saying really fucked up shit to my dad. I'm worst part. The physical part isn't even the worst. It's like Jacqueline Hyde, but I do my damage with my words. Yeah. I know everyone's weaknesses. So I rip them apart that way Mm -hmm. and I just fucking tear them to shreds. You know, um, it's like. All the shit I hold back and like, you know, we all have the power to do it if we want to. Yeah. It's just, at that point, I give up all my power, gave up all my power, my process. And I, I ruined like a lot of relationships. Um, you know, I really hurt my girl bad. Mm-hmm. I said a lot of fucked up shit to her. I would get up and just randomly, we'd, we'd be having, having a good night and I'd be like, you're a fucking bitch. Because I was so convinced that she cheated on me so many times, you know, like, um. And uh, I just couldn't let it go. You know, I realize that now. Yeah. Is that all that anger came from the fact that I believe that she just couldn't admit it. You know, yeah. so when I blacked out, it was just like, you fucking bitch. Like, you know, it's like this shit like this, dude. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't like fighting. I'm a very loving guy. Anyone that knows me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you become, become my friend. Your family. Yeah. I look out for you till the end, you know. Um, but this led to the biggest blessing in my life. I got arrested. <laughs> So that guy called the cops, or, or the cops just yeah, away? but I, I got away. Yeah. So I got I got arrested. Can't remember what the charge was. It was my last charge, and I ended up in drug court. Wait, what? What led you to prop? Uh, I had drug possession. They had you, tried to get me to sales. I had oxies, a bunch of oxies. They they rolled up on you and you had oxies. Yeah, a bunch of. And you got big. on prop. Did you were you on prop when you got in drug court? Yeah, I was on prop for a while. So wait, you you were on prop for a while, and didn't you uh, say you tried to like buy some kids alcohol and got caught? No, 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 no. What you're talking about? Um, real fast. When I, when I was in prop thirty six, I had a best counselor named Sally. Okay. I four, oh, I know Sally is. Yeah, four months clean, dude. That was like. She's nice. She was the best time. She, she, She's still there. She broke through so many barriers with me, dude. Like I was try- crying in class. Like. Yeah. She was the one that introduced me to. To um like therapy, a real like real therapy and real like love from yeah. someone else unconditionally that felt your pain from addiction. Yeah. You know, she went through a lot herself. I don't know if you ever heard the story, but um, props to her. I love her. Um, but yeah, what happened? Yeah, that's how I got in. That's how I got in drug court. I forgot. Stupid, retarded. I was no. through three months from graduating prop. Oh my god! And I was working at a gas station, and I'd sold alcohol to a mi- minor on accident during a sting operation. And they stung you. And they stung me, gave me a fucking uh, probation violation, and dropped me out of Prop 36 for it. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. And this is the biggest mistake I ever made, but also the best. They offered me 30 days. Yeah. To just no more Prop 30 days. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I'll take that. Can you OR me so I can get my money for rent? Because rent's due. Because I just got the new apartment. Yeah. And like that month, I, I didn't want to be late the first month, you know? Yeah. And they're like, nope. I'm like, come on. 
like OR me, like I need to fucking pay rent. And like, well, how about this? We'll give you drug court, and, you and let get you get out. We'll let you out that day. Yeah. Oh. And my I God. thought about it, and I was like, I fucking. Died. I've heard so much bad shit about it. I've, yeah, I've everybody heard. talks shit about drug court. I was like, I don't want this, dude. <laughs> but I have to pay rent. And I, yeah. I don't want this, dude. You know, I thought about Hunter and Michaela. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this to them, dude. Like, fuck it, dude. I just take another program, stay clean. And I took it. Little did I, little did I know, I learn a different meaning of family. You know, my first day there, I'm just like, fuck. I don't know what to expect. I'm sitting outside with my backpack. And it's like, fuck, dude. I'm smoking a cigarette. And boom, Janessa walks up. Janessa's awesome. Janessa's fucking... Shout out to Janessa. I fucking love you. I, I, gotta, know, get, I gotta get her on the show. I know we don't talk much, but... Well, she's so busy right now. She graduated. That's awesome. Yeah. But, uh... I'm actually doing graduation with her. I'm proud of you, dude. Thank you. This guy's fucking awesome. Gangster. I'm okay. That was awesome. I've been told good things, but I also am fucking chaotic when I fucking party. Yeah. So. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, we'd, we'd be crazy if we were partying together. Oh, dude, I would if, get, I, we'd get arrested. Oh yeah. If I was with you, I, you would totally get. I, I, I fucking. Run. I'd be trying. I'd be trying to get you like to calm down, and then you would go on the run, and I'd get caught. Oh yeah. yeah. I, no, I, I'd fucking drag you with me. I fucking. Come on. Yeah, I'm not experienced. Pop that fucking fence. <laughs> Fucking dude, <laughs> fucking jump through it. Um, but yeah, man. So you like, need Janessa. I, I didn't even know who she was, dude. I didn't. I didn't even know she was in my class. And I'm sitting there like, like panicking, kind of thinking like, "Fuck, man, you know, like, this is it again, dude. You know, I've been doing this since I'm 18. Now I'm fucking 21. You know, I've been in three years of being on probation prop, or a program. Prop. Yeah. How long were you on prop for? Fucking like three years, dude. You were in prop for three years? Yeah. There was actually a process where they lost me. Oh, you just because went on the runner? No. No, I was in uh, Grover, right? Yeah. And I moved to Slow. I was like, I need to be tra- I need to be transferred to Slow. I cannot make it to Grover. I yeah. can't. I told him. So it was like four or five months while I was just getting high. And like my probation officer would just come over. He's fucking badass, dude. And he'd just be like, he'd look at me. One time he came over, he looked at me. He goes, Richardson, you going to pee for me? <laughs> and I go, uh, I can't pee right now. And I was high on oxys. Yeah. And I, and I drank a little bit. And he goes, how about this? He goes, I'm going to come back in three days. He goes, oh, will you be able to pee for me then? And no. Go, yeah. And I go, yeah. Even though you'll probably still be dirty. No, I wasn't dirty. When you peed three yeah. days later. Yeah, oxys out of your system in like at least 72 hours. I wasn't like, it gets out of your piss pretty fast, dude. I don't know. When I was on prop, I took a fucking handful of Vicodins once and then tested on a Monday and it was still dirty. What? Well, if it was dirty, he didn't tell me. Okay. He did. He overlooked he, it. He loved me, dude. He, yeah. You know? I tested dirty for prop all the time. They didn't do shit. It's or obvious. I, or I missed tests or did whatever I had to do. It's obvious he liked me if he let me do that. Yeah. He knew I was high. Oh, yeah. He would have he been in jail. You know, Letitia? No. Gone. No, gone, no, no. Gone. Letitia's trigger happy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So then after that, he'd come over and just be like, you clean? I'd be like, yeah. He'd be like, you're out of trouble? Yeah. And he'd be like, all right, Richardson, have a good day. Oh, that's Fucking, awesome. And he did that for five months while, while I was like... Waiting to in transfer, like a ghost your, zone, you know? transfer your prop. So anyway, you're in drug court and you see yeah. Janessa. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm going to do this all over again. It's even gnarly. It's 18 fucking months. I'm like tripping out. I'm like, this is going to fucking suck. Because I never got close with anyone in Prop 36. I thought it was going to be the same thing. Oh, no. We, you, you don't get you know really I mean? close with people in Prop. Drug court, you get way close. Yeah, because they're all on their own level. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah totally. Um, And she, this girl comes up to me and she goes, hey, are you okay? I go, yeah, you know, I'm okay. You know, I'm, 
hiding my feelings, you know, because yeah. I don't fucking know her. No, of course. Go like, yeah, I'm ahead. okay, you know. I'm just smoking my cigarette, and, like, I put out my cigarette, go into class, and boom, there she is. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, you're in my class. Welcome to drug court. Oh, man. She's like, it's going to be a ride. I'm all, It's oh, going to be a ride shit. for sure. So, at that time, it was Gary and, uh, what's your name? The one that relapsed. Sh- Cheryl. Cheryl. That's fucking crazy, but, oh, um, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, um, you know, fucking, uh, and slowly I realized it, that these people actually wanted to stay clean. You Majority know? of them Mo- do. Yeah. The w- ones that didn't want to. They fell off fast. And not only that, they weren't as close. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they, were, they weren't as embraceive. Yeah. They'll talk to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Janessa, of course, being Janessa, was just so embraceive. Yeah. She made me feel so fucking comfortable so fast. Mm-hmm. That, like, my anxiety that I always carried. Because you don't know how I was with you. I was super open. Yeah. You know? I... I got that back thanks to the Janessa, Alyssa, fucking, um, I'm trying to think who else was in the program at the time. Was Rai Rai in it at the time? No, no. Rai Rai, 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 Rai came in after, like, I got used to it. Yeah. But it's mainly, like, Janessa, like, Janessa and Alyssa stuck out the most because they were so embraceive with Opening helping up. me. Yeah. You know, helping me, explaining to me. And then I learned to love again people yeah. as friends, you know? I learned, learned that I'm not the only one that's alone alone in the depression, the struggle, you know? Um, I learned that people are just like me, mm-hmm. you know? Like, so I can never relate to people. It's really fucking hard for me. Yeah. And uh, then you fucking came in. All these other people came. Rai Rai came in. And I was like, oh, God, this guy's going to be fucking, like, gnarly. You know what I mean? In a couple, in a many ways he is, but he also has got good recovery. Yeah, but I thought he was going to have that standoffish mode. You know what I mean? Where he's, like, hard as fuck and, like, yeah. you know? Does he look like that when I first saw him? Oh, yeah, he looks like a thug. But then he... But he's awesome. I first introduced myself to him, and I was like, this fucking dude's hella cool, you know? Yeah. And all these people, you, Rai Rai, Ryan, fucking uh, Janessa, uh, uh, Shauna at the time. Uh, at the time. Just Shauna all came the, right after Scott, me. I never thought I'd see Scott. Scott's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, all these people, like, we became family. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like, we like talk to each other and you know make sure each other were okay and we were down like try to pick each other up and like i kind of had that as a kid but not as strong and never had that as strong yeah you know even in meetings because meetings people talk about their shit but they don't come up to you and be like hey are you okay yeah you know like or like try to help you no drug it's, court, cl- it's really clicky in na yeah and then drug court like there was no clicky the new guys we eased them into it yeah you know just like i was easing it it's like giving back just like say in the program you know and meeting you is like one of the best things that ever happened to me. What do you remember the first time you met me? Yeah, I was like, this dude's a fucking dork. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what is? What, he smokes weed? Like big deal? Like, and oh, then dude, I, little did you know, I was yeah, like, then, I was a junkie. Then you tell you tell your story. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm on no way, dude. Everyone was like, he's. No, I'm no a way. dork, dude. I am kind of dorky. I will give you that, but. Yeah, well, no one. I'm a psychopathic nerd, so. Yeah, people people take one look at me and they think I'm just this weed smoking dork. That's I, what I thought. I, they're like, he hasn't been on the streets, he hasn't learned shit. Yeah. I may not have been through everything a lot of other people have, but I was hardcore heroin junkie. Dude, your stories are still gnarly, dude. The period. Yeah. Like I have gnarly stories, but like yours are just gnarly, if not gnarlier. Yeah. But the thing is, it's, it's all about your mental state during the situation. Yeah, you know that's how you, it's and how, how you bad it was to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I saw you and I'm like, this guy's not going to last. 
You thought that? Yeah, at first I was like, this guy's like such a dork, dude. He's, he's gonna feel super uncomfortable with us, you know. Like, um, but I was talking, you know, you know, yeah. I, you know, at first I'm like, you like, but you were kind of like, um, getting used to us. Yeah. You you broke out your shell pretty fast, like in like, you'd say say funny things, but you'd also stay back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was still Joke guarded, around. but I'd still like throw. Yeah. Put, put you still be Brian. Hits. Yeah. You know, like these I'd weird throw things. little things out there. Yeah. And as I got to know you, know you and hang out with you, I learned like how like um how much much you cared, all this shit, dude. Like you've been the best friend I've had in ever, dude. Like for like it's you and like three other, maybe three other people. That's it. Those are my oh, only friends. That's fucking cool, dude. I've like cut out other people. Yeah, we hung out a lot. Yeah, and you know I fucked you. I, I like. Got to that point where I was just using a lot of people, you know? For what? Just everything. Anything. You know what I mean? I got caught in the mix with you and like I was getting high again, like you know, like I just start started not giving a fuck anymore. Yeah. You know? But Yeah, you were getting high on Fridays and then trying to fucking detox. I mean even after I got kicked out and like was hanging out with you and shit, like, you know. I just became like, I don't know. All I'm saying is that this motherfucker, you're fucking, you're a cool dude, man. No, you're cool. And dude. I don't keep friends. I really do. I weed them out really fast. Yeah. I'm like, gone. You know, we're not gonna be lawyering. Gonna be fucking. Gone. Well, usually, yeah. I'm, I'm, I. If someone does me wrong, then I usually cut them out. I've done my fast. best not to do you wrong. <laughs> no, no, you've been always solid, dude. Uh, we went through we went through a really dark depression together, dude. Oh really yeah, dark, you and I, man. dude. Well, the thing was we at both the time wanted to leave our girl. Yeah, yeah, you and I would both be in front of the courthouse talking about, like, we need to break up with our girlfriends, mm-hmm. they're not healthy for us, and blah, blah, blah. And I was going through it bad, because my girlfriend was still strung out. Yeah, bad, dude, she was really bad. Oh, she was bad, she was horrible. She was horrible. And I, I'm really bad at breakups already, mm-hmm. but when you have, like, a girl, like, not only threatening to kill yourself if you leave her, but yeah. actually attempting to kill herself, she was a cutter, yep. she tried to hang herself, she she cut herself so deep sometimes. And, and she you had all that... That, uh, resentment, not resentment, but, uh... Well, she was cheating on me, too. Oh, that was obvious. I told you that. Oh, yeah, well... But I you mean, had all that blame. Like, if she does it, it's on you. A little bit, yeah. You did, part of me, first. Well, yeah, I, I blame myself. But like, it's like, like, if she, she dies, she, it's my fault. I remember you saying oh, that. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. I thought if she, if, if she dies, I, even though I, 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 like, ultimately, it's not my fault if she takes her no. life. But I knew I would still hold that guilt. Yeah, of internally. course. Internally. You'd have so, to process it, you know, and it'd be a fucking hard thing to go through. Oh, yeah. I remember one time I was, like, crying in group because she ran away to L.A. and threatening to kill herself in L.A. And yeah. it was just like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, it was fucking horrible. Yeah, man. And that was a hard transition because it was like, I needed to get her out of my life to to move on and progress. You know? That was the only fucking way. Best thing she ever did was move to L.A. with that fucking person. That transgender? Yeah. Yeah, because if she was... There's a different you after that, dude. After you like, kind of like go over. Well, it took a while to heal, but yeah, it was, I, I, be, I finally was given the space and the opportunity to, to grow. Yeah. But we was, like bounced off each other really well. We, we, were both going, we were both going through our problems. And that's the thing with drug court is like... I looked at yours and I was like, fuck, mine's... Is mine easier? I don't know. Mine was pretty rough. Yeah. It's pretty rough, but I think I had... A, I had if it wasn't for certain things that happened, I could have gone way bad for me. Yeah. Could have gone way bad. 
So like that's the thing about drug court. It, it it's like difficult to like change who you are and change your life and your surroundings and who you surround yourself with. I mean, I had to cut off friends who I had known for twenty plus years. Yeah. Who are are still to this day getting strung out. Yeah. So it's like. It, it's not easy to do when you have loyalty with people who you consider family, even though they yeah, have drug exactly. problems. Like for me, I was like, well, they may have drug problems, but that's like, they've been there for me for the end, like till the end. So it's like, you guys are expecting me just to like cut ties with people who I'm loyal to. Like it was not easy. Yeah. Cause you learn that you learn that on the streets. Anyone who's yeah. been on the streets knows that. Yeah. Like lo- loyalty and respect. It's the first thing you learn. Yeah. You know, cause if you don't have it, you're not going to survive. No. You know what I mean? Not well, you know, it, it, yeah, uh, yeah, it's hard to do everything I'm not on saying your you're going to die, but you're going to struggle the whole, whole time. No, you definitely struggle. But, uh, oh, fuck. That was what was good about Drug Court, though, because all these people had these principles. You know what I mean? And, and they were supportive of each other. But see, it's yeah. not like that in Drug Court now. Because all those people are not really there anymore. They're either in phase four or they're in aftercare about to graduate or they yeah, went on the, the run. Those people. Like, that was what I liked about drug court. All the new people... I mean, I'm not trying to talk shit about the new people, but I don't... Express yourself, dude. I don't see that camaraderie that was there when I started. That family feeling? Yeah. Oh, no. I feel a lot of separatism and... um Blakes. People are... I think a lot of it is people are afraid to get close to one another because of people snitching on each other. Is it that bad? I mean, I'm not really there anymore. I'm in f- aftercare, so I only go twice a month. I go fucking to fucking proud of you, dog. I go you're to probate. Oh, you're true, G, dog. I love you. Stop it. I love you too. But no, I only go to probation meeting and alumni now. And one on ones are as needed. I don't have to do a one on one once a month. You know. That's so. It's just like I I haven't really had time to connect with those people because mm-hmm. I'm not there. Thing is, you know, it's a little late now. Cause it sounds like it's changed mm-hmm. back in the day, like where we were so supportive with each other, everyone, yeah. any new person that came in, we showed them like, you know, we're, we're there for you, you know? Yeah. It was weird, dude. It was the most like, most loving, like addicts like, trying to help other addicts that I've ever seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like being so strongly there for someone mm-hmm. and I never had that before, like being clean. Yeah. And, uh. If it's not like that now, dude, there's really no... Well, I, I can't say that it's not like that now because I don't really... I'm not in those groups every day. So All I'm I saying can't, is you just can't. But the thing is, like, I think a lot of it is I... um. I think a lot of it has to do with Janessa and Rai Rai and all those yeah, people not Janessa being there. Fucking, I'm telling she, you. she shaped drug court she to, did. Be, to be something it is. And she still goes to alumni, so I'm glad for that. But the thing is, is like... I'm not around the newcomers on a day-to-day basis, so I don't have that connection with them. Yeah. And, and they're... You don't have the time to do it anyway. You're so busy, dude. Oh, dude. I, I work. I go to school. Yeah, I do this podcast. Busy, I try to date girls. They're going to have to find out on their own what's going to take to make it. Well, the thing is, it's not, it's not just up to the counselors to shape that program. It's up to the people in the program to shape it. Just like you said, Janessa fucking... She, she if brought it, something that... Her energy she brought to the table caught, allowed other people to to contribute the way she was and, and, and gave out the same energy. Yeah, feel comfortable and loved. So I mean, um, like like I said, I can't say for sure it's not the same, but I'm pretty sh- confident that because she's not regularly at those meetings or group meetings, it's not like a, what it was. 
But the thing is, is like, there's a lot of newcomers that I just don't know. So I can't really say for sure. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, but I, I'm pretty sure it's not like, I mean, it could be slightly, it's gotta be slightly different. You know, it feels different when I was doing process groups with a bunch of new people. You know, it's a lot of people who are frustrated and don't want to be there. Yeah. You know, so. Looks like uh, all the mix of personalities we had. We had know. a good, we had a good combination of different people. Yeah. Going going for different Even things. Even Jesse. Just cool. my boy, dude. I yeah. fucking love Jesse. That was my boy, dude. Even though he was like defiant as fuck. Just like I us. love that. And he yeah. was smart about it. Like, oh, dude, he was like, make him look stupid. Oh, yeah, but they hated that. Oh, yeah, that's why they kicked him out. That's kind of the aspect. He was, he was a lawyer smart, you know what I mean? He he, he knew. He was criminal criminal defense smart. Yeah. Yeah, he knew how to cover his tracks. But that's the thing, like, the, the, the best thing that was about drug court was the energy that people like Janessa gave off and other people. But there was also a frustration. Did you think about me when you met me? What did I think about you? Mm-hmm. I didn't think you had been through half the shit you took or any of the shit you talked about right now. I thought you were pretty like down to earth, mellow dude. And then, uh, I forget how we connected so much. There was like moments where we just come and hang we out. We connected to music, dude. Yeah. Remember we would get in your car? Oh yeah. We'd play dope ass music. Yeah. You introduced me to like sick ass dope stuff. And I was like, fuck dude. Yeah. I would always drive up to drug and alcohol blasting. I remember you'd rewind it to get the drop. I was Hilarious. like, I would rewind to the drop right when I pulled up. I don't know why. That's so dorky. What'd you think? So, after what? you really got to know me? Um, After I really got to know you, I was like, well, I connected with you because you had many similar problems that I had. Yeah, very much so. But I think I got to, I, like, even <laughs> when I connected with you at first, I still didn't know you know you. Mm -hmm. But I knew you were troubled in that um, you would have really big peaks of, like, you know, peacefulness and, and serenity. And then you would have big drops of depression. And I would worry about you when you'd hit those drops of depression, because then I knew you were more susceptible to be impulsive and to not give a fuck and to go out and have a drink or take a hit of weed. And then you'd always have to, uh, deal with the repercussions of, you know, sanctions and stuff. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like I've said this to other people, I, th I think they treated you unfairly. And I, you know, all the good things you do say about drug court, I do think they tend to single people out and the counselors and pick on them and focus on them more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you feel unfairly treated as an individual because it's like, obviously, they only have enough time and energy in their day to to assess so many people. When you have 50 people in a program, you're not going to be able to give every single person the same amount of focus and time. Yeah. So when they see someone that they suspect is slipping, they're going to focus on someone first. And the, the one thing I disagree with drug court is punishing people for relapsing. I mean, obviously the drug program is structured the way it is and they, they see it the way they do. But I just think if, if relapses in is a part of recovery, then it can be, yeah, then the way you go about treating that relapse can make or break a person. So when you sanction someone for a week because they missed a test or they did this or they, they got it dirty, again. and then you have to start over from square one, and these people are dealing with their own emotional and mental and issues and maybe physical issues or whatever, and then you know they lose their job or lose their apartment because of a sanction because they made a mistake, I think it can cause a lot of people to say, fuck it and give up. 
because we we use drugs before when we were just dealing with our everyday lives. So then to have to deal with our everyday lives and learn how to do it sober and have to deal with the structure of drug court and do all this that a normal average person doesn't have to deal with and deal with the, the, the paranoia and the anxiety of, oh my God, did I, you know, I may have to go to jail and blah, blah, blah. Got to start over again. Yeah, having to start over again and fast track or, but the, the big thing is, you know, you know, getting a sanction and then you, you lose your job and then yeah. you can't pay your bills and now you're homeless again. That is not the healthiest way for someone to be in recovery. And I think there's better ways to do it where if it's like you relapse, I and I don't know what a solution to that. That's to the that, hard part. So, that program is, is like, well, how do you reinforce? Because if there how is you, the thing, is, but on the other end of the spectrum, devil's advocate, if there is no repercussions, then what's going to stop someone from using, yep. you know, because if there was no testing and there was no, Oh, you'll go to jail. Then you know, people would probably just say, fuck it. I'm going to use, you know what I think that, so it's, it's hard. It's a hard thing. So I'm not like blaming them. Mm-hmm. I'm just like saying there's gotta be a healthy, there got has to be a healthy medium to provide a solution for that because there, there is not the big, there's not a huge success rate. Like this graduation they said is the most people they've ever had in five years. 14 people are graduating this year. So that is an achievement, you know. I don't know. Corey definitely changed it. Like his... Yeah, well, Corey was a Prop 36 counselor first, was... and then he was my Prop 36 counselor. I feel counselor. a lot of respect for him. Do you? you? Know, I feel like, I feel like, like, he had a lot of hope for me, you know. Oh, yeah, he, he did. He really cared for me. I, th- I think he genuinely wants people to succeed, and he does get very upset when people slip and fall and it, it does hurt him to see that happen. Me and him I, were really close. Yeah, you guys were really, really close. I had him in Pro, Prop 36 and I had him in drug, drug court. I just go in and talk to him and tell him like... Yeah, you, even if you didn't have a one-on-one, on one, you just go in his office and talk. Yeah. And he was like always there to let, like, no matter what he does, oh, how I get... For your information, guys, I got kicked out of drug court. I'm actually on the run right now. And you're turning yourself in pretty soon, yes, right? Yes, I'm going to be turning myself in to go to prison for four years. Maybe four years. Um, you know, uh, I really regret doing what I did because, you know, getting high and doing all the shit they knew. And the reason Corey turned on me is because I'm sitting, I don't blame him. I'm sitting there lying to his face, making him look like a fucking idiot. Because they can't, can't do anything because it's medical paperwork. Yeah. Oh, you would, well, what you're saying is you do an ER visit correct, to get out of testing, and that was the only way you can get out of testing is and if you say, I had to go to the ER for whatever health cor- reason. Correct, and they cannot, doctor-patient confidentiality, they can't ask you. They can't, you know, they can't look into it, nothing. And I had seizures, so I'd use that as a, my excuse. So I'd get, get out of testing all the time. People, other people started doing it, too. Yeah, um, but they caught on after a oh, while. Oh, yeah, they caught on, definitely. I blew it out, blew it out of the way. I actually... Uh, after a probation meeting, they were talking in Corey's office. I don't know if Cheryl was there or Lindsay, but I, I put my head to the door and I heard them talking about you and Cor- and I heard them saying, oh yeah, he's faking seizures to get out of testing and stuff. And oh yeah. They don't, they do not like you getting one, one over, over on, on them. them. Fuck no, They don't dude. like that. It makes it, makes them look stupid. Yeah. So they, they will go after you if and they that's, can. That's, that's what I'm saying. To I try and catch you. I don't blame Corey. I actually love Corey. I, I and, love and you know. 
in hindsight, I used to I used to be very vindictive and spiteful against them trying to catch me. But in reality, I get I, I understand now in hindsight that they were doing that for the safety of other people in the program. Yeah. So, you know, in your program, dude, they don't want you getting high and dying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people dropping like flies out there. Anyone, anyone this does go out. Anyone that's listening to this and does heroin or anything like that. You got to fucking stop, dude. You're going to fucking you're going to drop, dude. Oh, people are people drop. are dropping left and right. It's one of the highest death rates in the country is right fucking, now is fentanyl laced heroin, dude. I and think, people don't know how to do it. People I think the are, government's fucking lacing it with like selling it, lacing it, or somehow getting it out there. Well, they're allowing it to happen because it's job they just security. Want to kill off the, it's job security for the privatized prisons. It's job security only, for the police. And not only that, know, you get to get rid of the addicts. They're killing themselves. Yeah, and and you know, honestly, like this may be the conspiracy theorist in me, but I do think you know, very rich people in this country and you know, very well paid politicians, they look at addicts as a lost cause, and they look at it like, well, they're not going to get better. They're just going to keep relapsing, so might as well just wipe them out. Yep. But in hindsight, they a lot of corporations and politicians created this opiate epidemic we have today. If it wasn't for Purdue Pharma... They did it on purpose. They know people are going to get addicted. Well, yeah, the people... The Purdue Pharma Pharma created OxyContin. They knew it was addicted and they marketed it anyway and they passed laws to to, to distribute it. Well, yeah, once, once people were dying left and right, then other people were like, we need to set laws and boundaries for this availability of this drug. And by then, you know, you also, but the, the, and that, that's the other thing is like, yeah, we had the, I think, I don't think, I'm not going to say like, oh, this was all premeditated and they're like, we're going to create this drug and we're going to create addicts and stuff. It was just like, people want to make money and this is a great way to make money. So let's get rich off of it. And then at the same time you have right after 9-11, we invaded Afghanistan. Opium production was like almost like it was at its lowest rate. We, we were like, like Afghanistan was like jailing opium warlords over there. And then we invaded Afghanistan. We released opium warlords from prison. We put them back in power and our, our military troops were guarding opium poppy fields. Geraldo was on the news showing and, and the, and the, you know, the military soldiers were like, you know, it's, we don't like doing it, but we have to do it to like, you know, do this and that and the other. And, um, this is why I love this guy. Because what he's saying is real. It's not a fucking joke. Dude. Well, the thing is, if you look into it, it is real. And, like, the thing is, is, like, what, 80, 90% of the world's fucking heroin comes from Afghanistan. And now op- opium production rates there skyrocket ever since we invaded. Yep. So it's like, we, where, do, you where, do you, where do you think this heroin and this opium is, is going? It's not just staying in Afghanistan. No. It's being... It's, it's they wouldn't make coming. that much money off it. It's not possible. No, and, and America consumes more... 85%. A more prescription drugs and more drugs anywhere in the world. 85%. We, we do a majority of the world's drugs. So if you're it's a, literally if you're a drug distributor, it's like you're it's a no-brainer. You're going to ship product yeah, here, import here cuz you'll make the most money. So America I mean consumes 85% of uh, prescription opiates yeah. in the world. Oh yeah. The world, dude. Oh, we we had they said that we would had enough Oxycontin in this country to supply every single American with a 30-day bottle prescription of it. And so we created a lot of addicts. And when you take away those oxys and people are dope sick, the it's like put two and two together. You're going to create heroin addicts. And you're going to create money. 
yeah, and well, yeah, they created money, but then, you know, when that money dried up, where where are people going to go get opiates? They're going to go to heroin. It's just it's just it, it's a natural cause and, and effect. Like, out of control. And now and, and it's out of control. Now we have cartels who are are taking pre- are taking over, and they're they're. Sh- you know, I think I heard that one of the cartels bought like a submarine off of like the Russians, like a million dollar submarine, and that's how they're shipping drugs they, into this country through a submarine. They probably got a lot of those, to be honest, dude, because like it's easier than going across the border. They're either like some of the richest people in the world, world, most powerful, dude. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mexico, they're the government, the cartel. Well, and the thing is, what I think the whole thing about this drug war and making drugs illegal, you're you're handing that monopoly and that black market over to criminals who are going to make way more money than if it was legal. So let me put it this way: it might be illegal, but, but people are still going to get if it. You get caught with it now. Sent release, dog. Not even a big deal anymore. In California. That's what I'm saying. Not in Ohio where but listen, my ex got caught. It's a class five felony. Exactly, but California is the most packed fucking state. And we do a lot of drugs. In fucking this most packed state. And like, that just proves how bad it is. They can't even arrest people anymore for it. They have to Well, like, because there's no room in the jails. No. They're full. They, for... For no reason, they're fucking addicts. They're gonna do it regardless. And that's the one thing I like about these drug programs. Even though I was super defiant and rebellious in these drug programs, at least they're providing an alternative for addicts to get help than just to be in jail around yeah. other addicts who are not trying to be exactly. recovery based. So and that's what I do like about it. And you learn a lot, dude. I learned I learned a lot about myself. A lot, dude. Thanks to Corey. Thanks to you. Thanks to Janessa. Thanks to Rai Rai. Thanks to. Yeah. Um. We you call know, him I, I wish I was up Jones there. in this podcast. Yeah. He wants to be nameless in this podcast because he told some crazy meth psychosis stories on here. Yeah. Was, Fucking was insane. Dude, I did not know. That's oh, what, he, he, I talked to him. one thing I like about this podcast is people, I, I help people feel open and open up about their past. Yeah. And they tell some crazy stories that I did not know about them that yeah. I'm sure people find entertaining and like, you know, get something out of. Because when you, like, your story, fuck, dude, there's so many normies who could listen to this and be like, whoa, I don't know, I did not know that people lived like that. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of your circumstances were... I try to keep it short, too, and it still came out long. It's like, two, like we left, just hit two hours. I left out shit, like a lot of shit. Oh, well, you, you're, well, you, well, we gotta get you back here oh, before yeah. you turn yourself in. Yeah. We gotta get some more shit in. But, but I will say this, I regret... Failing out of drug court. I regret not being up there with you guys graduating. Yeah. You know, I... I hurt so many people. Like, I got people... I got my sister fucking crying about me. Worrying about me. Yeah. I got my dad worrying about me. You know? All your actions actions have repercussions. I have, uh... Michaela worried sick. She, she doesn't want to talk about it. It's so fucking, like, scary, you know? Yeah. To her. But it's me. It's like... Just get ready. This is how institutions... This is how institutions work. They just make you normal day you know even you're going, you're numb to everything that goes around around you exactly and even the thought you adapt going, normal person the thought of going to prison isn't like hey work out fucking get big and and get ready you know normal, normal person, people are terrified of terrified prison. and i'm like you know it is I, I'm you're kind learn, of serene and calm about i'm gonna it. learn the process of it and i'm gonna get it down and, and i try to keep my head down as much as i can you know talk to the rep tell them like Short time, I'm trying not to get more time, you know, trying to change my life, but I'll do what I have to do. Yeah. Everyone out there, you don't want to go to prison because the number one thing about prison is you get more time. 
because you have to do shit in there. You have to do, you have to run politics that mm-hmm. go again. That's the thing about jail and prison is there's a set of rules that the, that the prison has that you can't break, but then there's a set of code of conduct that the inmates have. You, it, and you, it's a, you literally can't break that one. Well, it, yeah, that's the one you can't break. If, if your rep tells you you have to do something, no matter whether it's against the law or what, if you don't do that, you'll get boobopped, you'll get no, smashed. You'll get fucking you'll, smashed You'll out. get smashed out. Especially in prison, you'll get smashed out. Oh, yeah, out. guaranteed. You smashed know? So out. there's this balancing act where you have to, like, appease the guards and not get in trouble with the guards, but you also have to do some shady shit to... Um, Show you're loyal to to your crew, to your, your to race, race, because it's race segregated. Unfortunately, whether you like it or not, that's just the way it's been. Even since jails and prisons have been started, it's race segregated. But that's that's the sad part. Is you kind of used to it. Just like well, know, yeah, like, because these are a set of rules that have been in place for decades upon decades, almost centuries, where it's like you're in, and this is the code. This is what you do. And if you don't do it, you're gonna get the shit kicked out of you. So it's like, well, am I gonna take the risk? of being caught and getting an ad charge or whatever, or am I going to get smashed the fuck out and then I don't have people to protect me when other people want to attack me. So that's the hard thing about jail and prison. And you have to, it's, you know, it's called politics for a reason. And you have to be on your toes at all times. You make a mistake. It could be the last mistake you ever make. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard some crazy stories and I've seen some crazy shit in there. And uh, no one deserves it because not just the person going to jail it's the people that I, that love you that love you and and that's the sad thing is jail and prison doesn't do anything to rehabilitate you i mean there's so many funding for school and education and programs are being cut you're just in there doing your time and you know and you're and you're around other criminals so you're learning how to commit other crimes yeah, and the world's gone to you it's like it's, coll- you know. it's like a college for criminals. And that's all you know. I learn, oh yeah, and all people do. And people don't talk about very. Oh, I'm not gonna say it never happens, but very little people talk about uh, their spirituality or their recovery. Everyone is talking about how high they're gonna get when they get out, or what drugs they can get while they're in there, and what they really search. And what hustles they can do while they're in there's there. There's probably people in there. I guarantee it. But like, you have to search. Oh yeah, yeah, no, there is, but it, it's the majority of it then is you mar- not that. The hard part is your morality has to kind of go away. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like even if you find someone like that, you're still having to stay on your feet. You never know. You never. You never know what what's gonna pop off. What's gonna have to do. Yeah. You know, and like I'll be honest right now. Like, I'm scared of the person that you may become. I can't. I can be, and that. I, oh yeah. I will become. You know. We all have that uh, potential to become something we Everyone. we fear or we despise. Because look at people. Others. Look at people who go to prison and they're normal. Oh, dude! Know? When and I was they come out and yeah. they're just fucking like. When I would when I was a trustee in L.A. County at Twin Towers, I would do fifth floor cleanup in like the max cells, and those are like five foot by ten foot cells. They barely get let out, and people would go in there perfectly normal, and they'd come out they'd come out like or they'd, they'd be insane after a couple months yeah you hallucinate in solitary yeah that's what Rai told me I mean not Rai Rai Levi, Levi yeah. Jessica Levi told me. they will hallucinate you lose your sanity and I think the, the most criminal thing you can do to someone is take away their sanity well like I mean taking away their freedom I mean we're doing that I you know I understand. we're trying to keep people I, safe I don't understand it but I like think... I to a certain extent I understand it but to have solitary and take away someone's mental clarity and take away their 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 mental you know strength 
to take away their sanity. Regardless. That is the most inhumane thing you can do to a human being. Correct. But taking away the free, freedom is taking away their sanity. You know, True. In a sense. Like but a, solitary is just a horrible. Whole, another horrible. level. That's of, why they put of, you in the hole. You know what I mean? That's why you go to the hole. Yeah. And that's just like. Like that. Have you seen that show 60 Days In? No. It's a show on. I, I think. I, I think it's I on. I kind of watch it. I know what it's about. Yeah, where they they take people, total normies, and they place them there. They plant. They put them as a plant, as an inmate in the jail for sixty days, and it show. And you know, some of those people, people that are go becoming in, more aware of it. But some of the people that go in as an inmate, they are correction officers or they're police officers, and when they do their sixty days, they quit their job because they're like, after I've seen how people are treated in there, I can't uh, stand by. And and make money, at, uh, as a living, knowing do, that this is knowing happening. that this is this is this is what's happening to people. For example, Twin Towers. Yeah. More people fucking dying there than prison. Really? Yeah, dude. People die in Twin. I, that's what I've heard. Yeah. People told me people die in Twin Towers all the time. Yeah, I see. I saw some crazy that's what shit I heard. there. I saw some crazy shit in Twin Towers. I heard like, one guy was telling telling me, that they tell the guards like, hey, I need to deal with this. And they go beat the fuck out of the dude in the bathroom. You know? That's no, I heard. Like, yeah. some cops... I don't, I don't know, man. Like, what yeah. I'm saying is it's fucked up. So don't ever put yourself in a situation like this. And, you know, don't lose yourself. That's that's what I'm focused on. Yeah. And I'll say to anyone that has gone through this or is going to go through this, I send my love. Yeah, and with that, we should wrap it up. I have to do the questionnaire for our graduation. I have work. And Graduating drug court, this motherfucker. And I have Out of to... like 20%. I hope. <laughs> we'll we get don't need it. another little Brian. Oh. Look, that white rhino pill works, okay? Maybe my sex drive is just fucking insane, so when I take it, I didn't really notice. Well, my sex drive's already insane. Shoot one. Let me try it again. Shoot the little one. They're $8. I'll pay you. They don't. Actually, I'll buy my own. I'll buy my. Own. I'll try it. I'll buy my own. I'll I'm tell you buy. Now. I'm buying the the rest that they have at the club because they don't sell them anymore. If anyone hears this, that from drug court, I haven't seen you. I fucking fucking love you guys. And I miss you. And I, thank you so much. That's awesome. That's your last words. That's my last words. Okay. Well, and I won't lose myself. I'll do what I have to. But I won't well, lose we're myself. staying in touch. Obviously. Fuck yeah. You're right, gonna have to write me. You're gonna have to. Well, yeah. I'll write you, you. I'll give my CMC number. Yeah, but you're going to have to memorize my phone number, too, so you can call me. Oh, I can do that. Give me There's three already, days. Huh? Give me three days. I'll memorize it. Yeah, and, you know, I already have money on the phones, so you can always call me. And then we can go figure out where you're being housed and where I can write you and shit. But we should get you on again and yeah, talk about I other shit. Because it seems like you have a lot to talk about. I have a lot. I left out a lot of crazy stories. I know, but... Like, it came to me once, like, you... I was like, okay, well... You know what's funny is like when we first came here, I was like, so what are we going to talk about? And you're like, I don't fucking know. And then as soon as the mic turned on, you fucking just went off. Yeah. That was shit I don't tell anyone. I know. You know, like the whole, everything. But that was probably therapeutic for you. Yeah, it is, man. Like, even with what I've been through. Yeah. Out of the Sally, you know? Yeah. I've learned inside the Sally and through the process of being Van Nuys a lot about myself, dude. And like. That's good. A lot about like. Sounds weird coming from me, but conscious contact with a higher power. I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't. I don't know if it's me too. alien or something. But like, Could we're all anything. here. Like, if you look at us, it's too fucking weird, man. Like, it's too fucking weird how we are. Like yeah. how different everyone is. Like how every fucking living organism has DMT in it. How like 
Just the, the fucking, for example, the galaxy goes on for fucking ever. And we don't have an explanation for no. it. Really. No. No. Yeah. Like most fucking... people, most people are so stuck in their life, and they you know go to work day in and day out and go home, and they never like just look up at the stars and wonder what the fuck is going on. I do that all the time. I do it too. And I I, I get caught in it. And I'm like. And you're trying to make sense of it, I, like why? Why? Yeah, and that's we're like literally a, fu- we're a fucking speck. like atom. We're a speck. We're an atom. Yeah, and who knows what's going on in other places? Yeah, someone in a different, different fucking planet zone or whatever it's called can be dealing you know, with different things. You know, still yeah. in the primitive state, like we were back way back, like caveman times. You know, you never know. Never fucking know. And we haven't even smoked weed, and we're yeah. I think, but I think about that all the time, man. Like. Yeah. I, since I got it, I'm a different person, dude. Like I can tell, I'm a lot like more. You're more grounded. Yeah, you know, and I'm ready for my repercussions of my actions. You know, I think that's what it is. Understanding that, like, I think before is, you were you were constantly fighting. Constantly, yeah. You know how I was. I'd fight in court in front of the judge. Yeah, I'd be a fucking smartass. Oh, fucking... do you remember Taylor? Yeah, he's on the run. I'm not gonna say it, but yeah. I'll t- I mean, we'll t- we'll get into that story later. We gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I I got it. Peace out. Love you guys. All right. So yeah. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I had a fucking blast with you. This was probably one of the best episodes I've ever done. Um, shout Thank out you. to everyone out there. Uh, co-host. He's still in. He got out of jail. I probably said this already. He's in, out of jail and he's in a residential rehab in Santa Barbara. I'm going to write him a letter. I'm going to try and see if I can get him on the phone, see how he's doing. We, I did a, I did a episode where I just had a speakerphone while he's on the run. And he talked about everything, like what led him to like spiral out of control. And, um, and he like fucking shot up fucking an while issue talking while talking to me over the phone. It was so That's Ryan tr- for you. Yeah, so triggering. That's Ryan for you. But no, he was doing so good. And then he fell off harder than anyone else. And I think that's really sad and tragic. That happens a lot. They, they warn people about that. Well, that's like, the hardest thing. There. That's the hardest thing about this program is you get develop these really close friendships with people and then they just disappear. Them, yeah. And then you're like left feeling alone again. Exactly. And that's hard. And then, you know that person's fe- feeling just as alone. Or more so worse. because they don't have that. Because they're hanging out with these people that don't have that connection with them. Yeah. You get high yeah. with them. Anyway, guys, be safe out there. If you're in recovery, keep up the good work. If you're struggling, reach out to Stay somebody, strong. anyone. I wish I, you know, I want to create like a support network for people. I mean, there's there are already can, there's already plenty out there, but I think there should be more easier like access. things access for people to reach out if they're struggling. Struggling, and I and uh, I kind of slowly see society like making things more accessible. Yeah, there's really. programs where. If you're a drug addict and you're struggling, you can actually go to a police uh, headquarters and talk to the sheriff or whatever and be like, hey, I'm an addict and I'm trying to get help. And if you have drugs on you, they won't arrest you. and they'll, They want to help. They'll like, call and get you into a, a rehab or a I've residential a, center. I met a lot of cops that were like, dude, you, you're smart, you're young, you got a lot going for you and you fucking stop this, dude. Yeah. You know, they're not all bad, dude. Like, no, not at all. Not at all. Wrong. I mean, I mean, when I was in my addiction, I was, I was very spiteful and vindictive against and you know mad about cops who would arrest me and treat me like shit but there are cops who genuinely care yeah dude so they aren't all bad yeah you I got, know i got stopped by a swat guy and after i broke an rv i'm yeah. punching an rv punching a window at a fucking that muffle shower walked in around for a second punch a salon window I'm sitting there with like 
knuckles just ble bleeding and swollen. And uh, I go and sit down. And I wait for, wait for the cops because I knew the alarm was going off. And yeah. uh, Michaela and my friend were like, we need to go. We need to go. And I was like, nope. And he came up and he saw me. And he's like, so you didn't run? And he's all, you know you could have got away, right? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, I'm over it. I'm done. Like, you know. And he's like. Defeated. Yeah. And he's like. Yeah. And he's like. He's your smart dude, dude. He's like, you need to stop this. And like, he handcuffed me like this. In the front. In the front, dude. And let, took me to the hospital. And like, uh, just, it was really fucking nice, you know? I got another story later that we'll share. Good. Yeah. Well, we'll do that later this week. Um, it's more about a fucked up cop. Oh, dude. Well, well <coughs> we got to get you back on before you turn yeah. yourself in. Anyway, you guys, be safe out there. We love all of you. Thanks for, um, if you get enjoyment out of this. I'm I'm really happy. Um, I'm not. Feel free to share your story. Yeah, we're not trying to intentionally trigger anybody. That's never my intention. But I I don't think you're. I I think it's not healthy to hide from your past. No. I think you. A part of recovery is is recognizing your past to put it behind I you, know. and move forward. And if you bottle it up, then you're never going to get better because it's just going to come boiling yeah, out. It's going to explode out. So. Um, you know, we do tell war stories here, but we also try and get some recovery base in here. So I think we had a good um, ratio of that in this one, just naturally with the way you did it. But, you know, guys, tune in. We're going to um, we'll, we'll get another recording in. Uh, what's our email? Email is nodsquadpodcast at gmail.com. If you guys want to write in and tell stories. Up. Yeah. Uh, you know, want to hear your stories, anything you got to say. Show support for John. You know, he's going in. If you want to put money on his books, maybe. <laughs> out there, he could use some Oreos or, you know, <laughs> some Keefy coffee or whatever. Some pre-workout. Pre Sneak me in some pre-workout. Can you get pre-workout in prison? No. They probably have it, but you can't get it off the books, I don't think. No. <laughs> no. Smuggled in. That'd be cool. Mesomorph? Oh, God. Fuck. Let's not even yeah. get into Mesomorph. I don't have any more, but I need some. Anyway, you guys, love you. Um, talk to you later. Peace, love, and all the above.